Welcome back to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode five. And uh, we're here with uh, two local indie filmmakers, uh, Jeff Fowler and uh, Jer Tobin, who uh, Jer is also uh, the editor of our uh, YouTube videos. Uh, so uh, thank you, Jer, for, the, for uh, putting all the work thank in you, there. Thank you, Jer, Jer. Jer, Jer. Jer, Tobin. That's me. We're going to be we're going to be talking about uh uh local filmmaking, uh what it takes to be a filmmaker if there is or is not uh, a filmmaking scene in the area, uh all that good stuff. Um right off the bat, um we'll talk about some of the stuff that's uh, going on the uh the site this week. Uh we have uh an interview with uh Gene Philbin who is a uh, Pittston chef who just won uh Guys Grocery Games. Oh my god, he's awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you i love gene philbin i i just actually was at one of his uh pop-up dinners last week and it was fantastic so i i really i wish him the best uh he did an amazing job he won twenty thousand bucks what did he serve uh he had a bunch he he he, uh he did a couple different things uh the one that that stands out was uh he used like a like a pumpkin filling and he made this uh, it, it some of the stuff that he came up with um was was unbelievable i think that's why it's called peculiar Right. Well, yeah. you know, it, I, I, if I'm, I'm not, not mistaken, I'm not sure. I don't it, what it seemed like was that uh, he couldn't actually mention it because then that would be an ad, so to speak. Like he couldn't say like they said he was at a catering place in Pittston that he was the owner of this place, but they couldn't say the place. So he kept like slipping in there on the show. Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch the show. Oh, uh, my so, God. Okay. So he kept saying, you know, like, oh, I'm going to put my peculiar touch on this or that. Like he was like, you know, wink at a nod, but, you know, not necessarily really. They wouldn't he, he, they wouldn't let him say and that's it. what it seemed like, because I, I watch a lot of Food Network nowadays. <laughs> I don't know why, but <laughs> I watch a lot of these shows and they never really mention the business names. I think on purpose, uh, which I think is really shitty considering, uh, you know, they're a multi-million dollar corporation, you know, making millions off of, uh, these shows and, and they can't mention small businesses. I don't know. That seems weird to me, but, and food will never eat <laughs> because we can't afford it, but congrats to him. Uh, we have, we have an interview with him on the site now. Um, we also have a series of interviews we're doing this week, uh, on the, the happy elf, uh, which is uh, a musical by uh, Harry Connick jr. Uh, premieres at the uh, Scranton Cultural Center this weekend, and uh, it'll be also playing the following weekend. So we have uh, different profiles on people involved uh, with that uh, running each day this week. Uh, That's we, playing every day this week? Uh, well, we or have, your profiles are? Uh, yeah, we have one every day this week leading up to uh, the release. And we'll also have uh, some behind-the-scenes photos and stuff later in the week, too. Um, we'll hit, we, uh, we have a... Uh, a, a theater review, which uh, we don't really uh, we don't really see theater reviews locally in in uh, in any of the local publications when it comes to uh, theater on the stage. You know, you see movie reviews and things like that, but you don't really see uh, local theater reviews. So we have a, a review of the Darling Corps, which is uh, an original play. Um, it, it was I thought it was really good, and uh, they're actually working on a Kickstarter campaign to get it in New York City. Is it Kickstarter uh, or Indiegogo? It's Indiegogo. Actually, okay. you're right. Um, so they, and there's only a couple days left on that. I think it ends tomorrow night. So, uh, so check out the review and, uh, you know, watch, uh, the, the video. And if, uh, you think it sounds good, uh, you should donate to that. Um, it we, is good. I've seen it and I'm not a theater guy. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought, it was, I thought it was, it was interesting. It's like, uh, it's like two vaudeville performers who are kind of washed up and they're, they're fighting with each other. 
Um, and don't give it away. Well, so, so, uh, I, I don't, I, and I don't in the review either because I, I thought it was important that people not know any more than that, right? Because one, you know, as they reveal a little bit more about who they are and and why they're there and that sort of thing, it's much much more interesting and it gets very philosophical, right? And uh, it, it goes into a whole other, uh, you know, deep level. So it's it's, pre- it's pretty. I mean, honestly, at the end of it, Moses leads his people out of Egypt. So. <laughs> <laughs> But go see it. It's a thrill. <laughs> that, that's that's probably more accurate than the uh, the Exodus movie that's in theaters now. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that. Right? I, I heard it was. Eh. Yeah. It looks. <laughs> I will have. Uh, okay, it looks awful. Going. It looks awful. I don't. Uh, so we we have uh, premieres this week of uh, a, a video from uh, a, a, a local country band. No vacancy. Was it Florida Georgia Line? <laughs> no, no. We we are. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got their five minutes on the podcast. That's it. That's it. They're done. Uh, we Never also, again. We have a we have a song premiere from S Dakota as well. Uh, oh, really? It, yeah. Well, they're playing those guys. They're playing the holiday show with yes, the men singers coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a song premiere uh, ahead of that. Um, we uh, will have some uh, photos from the Push Show over the weekend, uh, which w- which was pretty great. How how uh, how was that for you, Jimmy? It was a blast. <clears throat> I was I was happy with the turnout. I, I, I wish Jimmy reviewed things. <laughs> I how was that? It was a blast. I would pay <laughs> nothing else. I would add, if there was one thing on the internet that I would pay a subscription service for, it would be Jimmy just did. a review site by Jimmy. <laughs> but everything like car parts, oh yeah, albums, <laughs> you know, things furniture. I know nothing about. Yeah, Jimmy reviews life. Yeah, <gasps> period. Because you're very punny, right? And I yeah. like to I like to reduce things down to the. Oh, I know how you like nominator. to yeah. brass tacks, like a slow cooker. You like yeah. to reduce. <laughs> like when I was walking through the, the zoo at Disney, anything with four legs was either like a dog or a cat. Oh, that's a, like, it could be a pony. Uh, it's a big dog. I love the lions. It's a pretty cat. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. But anyway, the, the show was great. It was, it was I totally great. forgot we were talking yeah. about the push. <laughs> It was nice. To I was play. imagining a big kitty. <laughs> it was our first show in like over, I'd say like, I think it was last October. What was the last, where, the last place you played was the cultural center, wasn't it? And at then Ford, one that, show after that floor? at the V spot. Wow. Oh, the benefit. Right. Yeah. You no. guys played a benefit. Okay. Yeah. 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 So are you doing any more videos? Um, that is to be determined. Mm. So, but it J- was. Jer wants in on that cheddar. <laughs> no but it was it was great to play again and um i don't know it was nice to play original music for once because playing acoustic and playing in the band doing covers all the time and playing other people's music it kind of gets old after a while and repetitive so right it was neat it was good to see like theater <laughs> <laughs> the, the grinch outfits were a plus oh yeah definitely they were a little they were warm. onesies weren't they they were onesies yeah, yeah grinch onesies Four Grinches. <laughs> speaking, speaking pictures of, to come. <laughs> speaking of Grinches, uh, the chairs the- here. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you kidding? I'm like one of the most jolliest guys. Oh, okay. I yes. am. I'm yes. here to counteract. Rich, Rich can attest. Yeah. Don't listen to him because yeah. he's a constant liar trying to throw me under the bus. No, no, no. no. All, all okay. turns. Okay. <laughs> I'm representing the Penguin team. I'm pro Christmas chair. Yeah. <laughs> Not I'm, so much. Whatever this represents, whatever holiday these colors yeah. represents, I'm all about it. I think I think you stole my closet. 
Oh yeah, well, this is we're wearing the official yeah, videographer, video guy. Sort yeah, this of. is the. I just I forgot my beanie. Jared doesn't throw anybody under the bus. He throws the bus at them. Ooh. I don't know what that means. Thank. Is that next to the? Me. Is that next to the big cat? <laughs> I'll never, take that as a compliment. It never, is. It never, is. ever get in an internet fight with Jared. No, you can't win. You no, can't. he throws the bus at you. <laughs> no, no. I mean that. Okay. There's a in fleet. context of that. Yeah. That if you're sense. like, that's what I meant. If you're like, oh, I don't like this thing. Jer's like, <laughs> all this like parenthetical <laughs> research and you know, according to according to the Motion Picture Association of America, and you're just like, I can't. Yeah, Jer is. I don't, have, teach you I don't have. I don't have the breath. He's notorious for flaming on message boards and um, guest flaming books. <laughs> guest books. Isn't that what it's called when you yell a lot? No, I think guest books went out with like Live Journal uh, yeah. years ago. Well, I'm, I'm just sure trying to keep it anymore. a common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jimmy Slow. Jimmy's Cooper still Reynolds. on Live Journal, so don't even don't even worry about it. He just posted yesterday. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, can we get a link to your Live Journal? Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy yeah, oh yeah, that MySpace just, just go to MySpace. Yet? Just yeah. go to MySpace, and there's a link there, along with those little. <laughs> Sprinkly gifts. You gotta wait GIFs, for all that whatever. to load. Yeah. Right? yeah. So after twelve minutes, we can find and your turn live your journal. Turn your speakers lick. down because the song is gonna start blasting before you realize it. <laughs> what was relevant back then? I don't know. Bye bye bye. I don't know. In sync. I don't know. Whatever. Nickelback. I don't know. Yeah, that's what pops up. Nickelback and then Creed. Creed. Quarters Creed. Yep. Sir Sean. Creed's relevant <laughs> again. Verdict is in. Jimmy still has a MySpace. Yeah, so Scott stepped right. Uh, yeah, he, he wanted to assassinate Obama, and yeah, then he rode away on his bicycle with a 500-page CIA document. It's almost epic. It's, it's like reading it's one like of the Homer's most glorious stories. What Scott Stapp's going through right now. I can't even begin to. I I want. I don't understand. I don't understand. Did they stop the behind the musics? Yeah, yeah, I don't think they do. Oh, anymore. they need to bring it back for him. Just for him. I yeah. wish him no will ill. They could do a whole Ill season will. on him. <laughs> will I, ill. Just every episode. I just need I need to know what is going on there. <laughs> With Scott, Scott Stapp? Stapp? Yes. Yes. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, Who I just cares? Need, no, because it's so bizarre. Do you know so that he's bizarre. having like a nervous breakdown now? Like he wanted because to Because he has so much Obama. money and doesn't know where he to He has no money. Why? What did he spend it on? So he Vocal says, lessons. He says that his wife Ba-dum-tsh. stole six million dollars from him, and his wife says he's been he, a like, psychiatric ward. Yesterday, it, it, it's it's a ridiculous story, and oh, I wow. and I don't know which side of which story is true. But the police are looking for him. I believe his Facebook videos because he he rode away on a bicycle. I haven't with seen a backpack. That. I wait, like a twelve speed? No, yeah, like a, a bicycle. <laughs> Streamers he got are blowing by. He got on his huffy. There goes Scott Staff with the CIA document going, you're never going to catch me. Is that Scott Staff on that Huffy that just drove by? (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to go up a hill in first gear. All right. No one gets that joke, but the people who own mountain bikes. (laughs) Jesus. All right. Sorry. We Scott stapped it. The one, uh, just the last thing that I wanted to mention before we get into uh, the, uh, uh, the subject uh, tonight is uh, we, we post, posted a video. Uh, the BBC actually did uh, a, a video about uh, the media's perception of Northeast PA and Scranton. I think we could do a whole podcast on that, I think, you know, down the road. But um, the guy who, who, uh, who did the report uh, was actually originally from Scranton, which I thought was interesting. And he's just working for the, the BBC. Well, at least he gives him credibility. Well, it, it, uh, it, I think it gave him a little bit of, of perspective. I'm sure he probably pitched them the idea 
where you know you see all of these uh, polls and articles and things about how terrible the area is. It's the you know worst place to to live. Uh, it's the uh, it has the ugliest accents. We lost that to Pittsburgh, but we were pretty close. Uh, you know, three uh, three uh, three city. They they noted that three cities in Pennsylvania out of the entire country were in the running for that. Uh, the, Philadelphia was the other one. So it's like, why is there so much bad publicity about Scranton? Why is it the butt of everybody's joke? Uh, you know, why Pennsylvania in general and that sort of thing? And uh, I thought his findings were really interesting when he talked to people. How uh, they they found that. A lot of the uh, rhetoric was classist, um, that it was kind of against the working man, and uh, and it was just it was unfounded. Most of the perspective uh, didn't really have any research to back it up, and the research that they did use was uh, extremely outdated and stuff that um, actually was not meant for what they they ended up using it for. So it was just a lot of misdirection. And, well, who and the hell gets together to to pick like these well, are the cities we're going to go after? I, I don't know. Well, uh, you know, Gawker was one of the big ones that he went after because Gawker is the one who did the uh, the, the ugliest, most financially. F- the, no, they they did the ugliest accents in America. One. They also did the other one that there was another article that Gawker did. Oh, is Scranton. there another one too? Yeah, it was. Um, when did we go to Ireland? Two thousand twelve. Yes. Well, oh, so this is a couple Ireland, years back. Yeah, while we were okay. in Ireland, we All were right. called um, the Gawker headline was called the most financially fucked city in America. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I found this. That was the headline. Not that I'm making that up. Oh, right. but if you look yeah. today, their their pensions raised by eighty percent, right? Well, I mean, I mean, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I read this and I found it very interesting that that Pennsylvania seems to be the butt of a lot of the jokes because not being from the area, uh, I had a lot of family members that were questioning my choice to to come to this <laughs> why would you go to that third world country of, <laughs> of the world and i have in particular i'm gonna i'm gonna call you out on this uncle bruce uncle bruce every time uncle i post bruce. and you know uncle bruce because you see him on facebook every time i post anything on facebook uh regarding the fact that i'm in scranton pennsylvania he refers to it as scrantonia i'm calling you out uncle bruce because that's not fair you haven't been here since the 70s you don't know what it's like but in my I, mean, own, I mean, in his defense, the 70s, the 70s did have a flood. My point being, I think that like the, the, the classism thing is hitting it the nail on the head because of all the isms, classism, classism is probably the safest ism to discriminate against. Watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was, I was. Culturally, as a, as a society, uh, we can't go out and publish articles that say certain things but we want it there's some weird inherent thing to say my city is better than your city this place is better than that place and rank it and give some sort of quantification i find it i find it fascinating that a lot of these seem to revolve around classism well and and you know uh what what i think is interesting about scranton uh amongst all of those uh which i mean you could do it with any city really but what's interesting about Scranton is that you find that there's so many people here who live here who want to complain about how awful it is and how terrible it is. Usually it's my place is better mm-hmm. than your place. For these people, a lot of the it's the opposite where they're they're willing to uh you know basically trash themselves I and find, trash their own heritage. I it's, find it's the self deprecation bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, but can I can I Scranton here's the best way to describe from from my experience is Scranton is is like I can call myself fat, but if you call me fat, it's insulting. 
Right. So that's Scranton, everywhere though. Isn't Scranton. It? Well, Scranton is like, I can talk shit on my town, but if you talk shit on my town, I'm going to be very they, they not did, cordial to that. They did bring that up in the video. And that's, that's, that's very true. Right. And yeah. perhaps it's, it's just me not being from here. I get immediately defensive. You're from right. someplace worse. You're from Jersey. Oh, don't even get me there, started. The armpit of America. There we go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was, I was, I was raised that way. We're, and we, so we were very against Jersey. I, f- I think that because they give us all their garbage. That's why. That's what it boils down all of to. Your we get garbage, the garbage and their bad drivers is in our is in our drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't drink tap water. Oh, I just we do. But our landfill takes the majority of the garbage we get yeah. from Jersey. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that, but I also the uh, Keystone landfill. Yeah, uh, I, I also live on Keegan landfill. It must be beautiful, but we we have a problem with that for no reason. So do we. But that's but that's what it is. It's it's, it's we all it's, have a garbage problem. We make too much garbage, right? Where are we put? Where are we going to put it? Scranton <laughs> <laughs> and Dunmore. Yeah. I, I think right now they should leave their options open to just about anything. To be honest, <laughs> with garbage, with hey garbage. I think we should send it to space. No, Jimmy, don't even. Why can't we aim it at the sun like Superman did in Superman 4? <laughs> Why the sun? Just let it go. Who cares? It just keeps going in another direction. Because the last thing you want to do is you want to be sitting in the ba- in your backyard on a nice summer day and all of a sudden like your Chuck E. Cheese shit falls from the sky because it didn't burn up on re-entry. And you have like old, you know, all your, all your Reynolds wrap doesn't burn up in the atmosphere and comes down and there's old like, you know, chunky bars and... That's the last thing you want. Just blow it up over the ocean. No, so in the, <laughs> over the ocean. So if it falls, it falls back into the water. No, the absolute last the thing. The conservationist Jim Reynolds. <laughs> Just throw it in the Pacific. The absolute last thing you want is that big ball of junk hitting some alien spacecraft and starting a war twenty thousand years from now. Then we Thanks, really Jimmy, then right? we really are gonna be what I think that the aliens think of us, which is the Alabama of the galaxy. True. Yeah, the aliens. So we actually threw. Was that a Snickers trash. bar that just hit our craft? Yeah, what's Snickers? Let's go f- investigate. These people are awful. Oh yeah, Mars. This planet bar. sucks. What's wrong with Alabama? It's like Jersey, but south. <laughs> <laughs> In closing, I think that Scranton, Pennsylvania, has In a, summation a rich history that it should be proud of, and even, even. All its faults. The Industrial Revolution would have never happened if it wasn't for Pennsylvania. Absolutely. The history is incredible. Mm-hmm. And no ships, no buildings. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely no fabulous. <laughs> and and the people reflect that in spirit and that nature today, whether or not they uh, you guys recognize it. You can the history it, you of can... vaudeville, too, you have to understand. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why, that's why people, well, all the coal miners were here. And if a bad show came to town, they would heckle them worse than any other place because they worked hard for their money, for their 10 cents in the mine all day. So if a bad show came to town, that's why they say if you can make it in Scranton. That's true. You can make it anywhere. Right. But that's why, like, at least in, I, I think, think, like, people that... I think that, I heard Frank Sinatra true. said that. Well, I mean, it's kind of like an urban legend oh, okay. now, I think. But I think that was said. Because it was, it was so close to New York. I mean, you look Poconos or whatever, but a lot of people played Scranton. I mean, at the time, it, there was a lot. It was affluent. You know what I mean? Like, did he really? Go down to Greenridge. 
It's a lot of nice My houses. My dad said that Johnny Carson said he spent a week here one day. <laughs> <laughs> I think he used to make fun of how bad the potholes were too, right? Johnny Carson? Of Scranton. I can't hear you. There's so, yeah. Here's just time to shine, man. Yeah. There were so many bars and churches per capita, it was unbelievable. Like every corner had a bar and every corner had a church. Oh. We still do. Yeah, yes. we still do. But there are no other towns that were like that. That Johnny Carson said yes, this. He, oh, he used to hammer Scranton all the time. He used <laughs> to even make fun of the speed trap up in Clark Summit. <laughs> How oddly specific, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Wait, on The Tonight Show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm... All right. Well, that's how we got on the map. <laughs> <laughs> for for the listeners, that's uh, that's Jimmy's dad jumping in there. Jim Reynolds, not Jimmy. <laughs> yes, Jim. Jim. Okay. Thank thank you. I I didn't I didn't I honestly never I never heard that. That's awesome. In a weird way, <laughs> Jared. Do you want to find that on YouTube? Archie Bunker I'm used to, to hammer Scranton it's not, all the it's time nowhere. too. Archie Bunker. Really? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They did bring that up on the show. Edith's relatives were Edith's from Scranton. Were, so that's right. He used to hammer it. <laughs> yep. Jesus. <laughs> no, I, was try, I was trying to find. Are you aware of all this? Like I, I'm not. I mean, I remember in uh, what was that uh, Woody Harrelson movie where he was in Scranton? Kingpin. Kingpin. Yes. There's another right. one. Uh, Home Alone. Right. Oh right. yeah. Yeah. Right, he Home Alone he was, one. He was stuck in Scranton. Yeah. Yeah. That's and that's where John Candy uh, yeah. finds. They them, got in right? the yeah. U-Haul. Thing. And yeah. and that that goes that is they a were a polka band. Right. Yep. That's a reflection yep. of the spirit of Scranton. John Candy. Right. <laughs> I mean, if we can look, right? if we can, if we can look at it that way with you know rose colored glasses and be like, yeah, that's it's not the Johnny Carson version we want to remember. It's the it's the John <laughs> Candy version. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way I'd look at it. <laughs> okay. All right. So Jeff and Jer. Howdy. Hi. Hi. Are you from this area? Natively? Yes. I am from Jessup. Ah. Yeah. I've been here my whole life. DuPont, Pittston, Exeter, Pittston. Yeah. Oh, did you know? um, Nope. Did you know that the the, uh, person who wrote the song Walking in a Winter Wonderland wrote that while they were up in the asylum up at, um, up, up in West Mountain? Wow. No. So the Winter Wonderland most likely is them looking out the window of the asylum at the mountain. That's pretty cool. I've never heard that. I hope that's true because that is pretty neat. It is true. Put it on Reddit, Jer. Nope. That puts a uh, and there were Disney animators that stayed up there as well. In the asylum, for was it tuberculosis? No, tuberculosis. Oh. For consumption, we have TB. TB. Mm. Right. It's not like you're a wacko. It's T- not like you're. It's not like you're. Uh, what's his name that puts you to sleep? I seen fire. James Taylor. <laughs> James Taylor. <laughs> yeah. He wrote his whole album in an asylum, didn't he? But an insane asylum. Fire and Rain. Just the one song? Well, I guess that's the place to find Fire and Rain. <laughs> to what extent do you think... Uh, the song is actually about electroshock therapy. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wait, I was just reading rain. about that. For um, some stupid reason, I was looking up James Taylor on Wikipedia. I don't know how I ended up there, but <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He drove that. through that's Taylor right. and then was like... But actually, Connecting no, the dots. That's a good last name. Taylor. Yeah, I'll call myself James Taylor. <laughs> Why isn't this town called Taylor? Was that a Dr. Evil? What was that? That's James Taylor's voice. Oh, I thought it was like a bad Dr. Evil. It's either, it's either James Taylor's voice or it's um the one guy, uh, Nev, what's his name? Neville. Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville, yeah. okay. 
Yes, but anyway, the fire was the electroshock and the rain was when they would put him in the shower after the shock. But Jim, I remember reading that that was sort of contested and it might not be true. Oh, so well, for, the, oh, for the, the watchers and listeners. Well, because Wikipedia is 100% accurate yeah. all the time. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Back to Lauren's so, question. Rich. You're, uh, now, how, how, is the, how is coming from this area uh, played into uh, being a filmmaker around here? Uh, has, has it uh, helped, hindered? Uh, has it affected the, the art itself, uh, the actual uh, stuff that you're creating? I would say for me, the doors have always been open. Whenever I needed a location, like there, there was a, a significant level of excitement, engagement by the community. People would... Uh, would do whatever they could to help out. Like, that's what I've found around here. Um, I've been making films since like 2001 in the area. So yeah, but you started up the whole CFP and yep. all that. Yep. A long time ago, back in, uh, I think it was 2003. What made you do that? That's a community film project. I'm sorry. That's right. Community film project back in, uh, 2003, right? <clears throat> Actually, if I rewind back a little bit back in, I remember back in around 99, I think it was at first night. And I was talking with one of my friends and, uh, you know, we were wandering around. It was, um, not first Friday. It was first night. It was the, it was, uh, it was the new year's new year's thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, uh, we were talking about, um, you know, the, the technology to make ultra low budget indie films was now upon us. And, uh, as I was talking with my friend, I was like, you know, it's just, it's just so hard to make a movie. Like you need so many people involved. Um, you know, where are you going to find your cast and crew? It's not like there's a, you know, a club for filmmakers or a club for actors. And, uh, you know, she kind of challenged me and said, well, you know, you should, you shouldn't organize one. Like you're good at organizing things like get out there and do it. And, uh, it took me a couple of years, but you know, that, that's, that planted the seed, um, in my subconscious. And, and as I, um, you know, stayed active, you know, just traversing the local art scene, there really, I couldn't really find a specific film community, but, um, like anything else, I really think, you know, much, you know, to kind of take off what we were talking about regarding, um, <clears throat> you know, regarding Scranton and, and, you know, how it may get trashed in the media. I really think that any city, wherever you live, it really, for the most part, what you bring to it is really what matters. You could make, you know, something awesome out of where you live. Like there's such, you know, a gravity, the physics, the reality of wherever you are, you know, you could, there's something inherent in there that you could turn uh, into something great. You could use it for your art. You could use it to, you know, uh, to tell your story or to tell other stories you want to tell through that, through that lens. And that's something that a lot of people discount and they think they need to be somewhere else to do that. And that, that's not the case. That's what I've discovered. Especially not today. No, today. I mean, if you look back, imagine if you were an amazing filmmaker back in the, you know, 50s, 60s and said, Hey, a couple grand, you could have all of this at this low cost, just imagine what, what the, the opportunities that, that great filmmakers would have seized. You know, a lot of times we find ourselves fighting over, Oh, you know, this camera doesn't shoot, shoot raw, this camera, you know, we get into all the, the geeky technical crap that, you know, make, write a story, make a movie, you know, quit the technical excuses, do the best with, that you could do with the equipment you have. You're, eons ahead of where everyone else was 10, 15, 20 years ago. I think the biggest hurdle, if there is one uh, coming at it as a filmmaker specific, specifically from this area is because it's not a huge area. Uh, there's always going to be less people 
to collaborate with. So, you know, there is a fairly decent amount of people in the film scene around here, but still comparatively to other areas, it's a lot less. So I guess that would be the biggest hurdle is finding your, your writer, finding someone to run the camera or someone who has a camera or, you know, just all the pieces. There's just not as much as elsewhere. Compared to elsewhere. I think the same goes, holds true for audio recording. You know, the getting, you can get so specific on microphones and gear and plugins and whatever that you lose sight of the craft. Yeah. It comes down down to like, when you think about music from the past, like your favorite song, what's more important, like a, a poorly record, what's going to stand up the test of time, a poorly recorded song. That's a great song or an incredibly produced bad song. Sure. I totally agree. Like right now I would honestly take a, I, I wouldn't even call it a challenge. I would create a film just on a cell phone camera. It's, it's good enough. I mean, it depends on what type of film. I don't think I'd put a huge amount of effort into it. If I think that if I was going to do it, I'd do it right. I would have no problem shooting a, a film like a comedy or drama or something on an iPhone camera or a droid. It's yeah, but you, are you talking about like a short or like a, a you know a feature? Well, I was thinking short. Yeah, but uh. yeah, because I think I think I think to do that as a feature, it would, it would get kind of exhausting. Yeah, plus I think it would just be too gimmicky, and no one would probably take you seriously in the end and just be like, "Oh, look at these guys trying to make a name for themselves by being yeah, know, we're gonna different." It would create a buzz, though, right? Yeah, but then people will watch it and be like, "Oh," <laughs> you know what I mean? Because because like if you watch. I saw there's filmmakers um, that purposely use VHS tapes, which we work with, which right. is, which is great. But the thing is, there was is a guy in the eighties though, too, that you did can't that. get, um, if everything is like a wide shot, cause that's what you're going to have. And the only thing that's going to change it is where you place your camera. So in other words, like if you we, go closer, yeah. you go farther away, blah, blah, blah. Um, that people are used. And I was talking to you about this. Remember we were talking about, or was it both of you when I was talking about 4k? Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, like the go-to thing is like, oh, shoot it in 1080 and then, or no, shoot it in 4K and then edit in 1080 and then the you, can get, you can punch in and get shots like right. that. Yeah. <clears throat> and I did that because I shot 4K on something, I forget, maybe over the summer or something. Um, but I punched in and it didn't look right. And it didn't look right because being that you don't move in closer, you don't change your lens, the depth of field is the same. So whatever right. you got to focus in the background looks yes. the same. So it looks like it was punched in. And to the even... To the trained eye, to the untrained eye, it still it doesn't distracts feel right. you from, you know, you could probably acclimate to it, but it's still Jarring. goofy. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can understand that. That's what I, because I looked at it and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why does this feel wrong? Yeah. There's something wrong in the grammar of it or the right. feel of it or something. Yeah. And there's a language to it. Yes. There's a language to film, you know, and I think, you know, that needs to be understood. So you know how to destroy <laughs> it. You got to understand the language to, to destroy it. Right. Agreed. So, so being professional makers of film. Oh, I don't know about that. Jeffrey and Jer Jer. <laughs> what would you say? Uh, do, what you is got it? mad about the Jer Jer thing, remember? Didn't you? Did I you? I don't know. What, how so? What didn't, you t- didn't you tell me he got mad about the Jer Jer thing? Explain. Like, you're like, Jeff made me get rid of Jer Jer. On, on oh my what? God. No, this was, hold on. This is when I used to, on Facebook, when I was screwing around, I used to go by... Uh, Jer Tobin Doodle Dandy. That's what it was. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah. then I, I was contacting people. Uh, about what? Uh, about 
casting legitimate things. Oh yeah. And I said, people are just going to delete your messages. They think you're some <laughs> spam. You're a piece of spam. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get reduced to. You're a piece of spam. You're just like bad you're electrons. You're bad electrons. Not the spam from a can. You didn't know that story? <laughs> I don't think I, I think before Are we just mentioned your shit. Are you all right? <laughs> Oh, wait, no, like, wait, wait, Lauren. What I've do you, what do you find most funny? Laugh. The fact that the fact that I used Doodle Dandy, or or was it the reduced to a piece of spam? Spam, 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 spam. Lauren, what's spam, so funny spam. about that? Are you are you leaving? <laughs> oh, yes, she, yes, success. She's she's. Oh, she what pulled, happened? Are you cramping up? She pulled yeah. something. Want me to pull your finger, medic? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you do that. <laughs> Let me translate for you. Lauren thought that was funny. <laughs> what was the part that you found the funniest? Hold your pieces. <laughs> it is pretty funny. I'm never going to show you Monty Python because you'll probably die. Uh, I, I shed my first year for the evening. <laughs> there it is. Oh my God. Oh, there will be more. That's all it takes is spam. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> so Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. All right. All right. Lauren likes to laugh. All right. <laughs> so, spam joke. What does it take to be a filmmaker in this area? Spam. <laughs> Let Jeff go first. He's more composed right now. I gotta. <laughs> so what does it take? What does it take? Oh, you, you gotta have the heart. It's heart. You gotta have heart. Oh yeah. You gotta make connections. You gotta know people. You gotta got. You gotta meet guys like Marky over there. No. Yes, you do. We're pink Mark. socks, man. Oh, let's get them out of the way real quick. Just you want me to just hold them socks? up. Just hold them up. Hold them up. There we go. I got these at Walgreens. <laughs> Jimmy, what's your commentary on Mark socks? I'm used to it. That's the <laughs> that's the least flashy thing that he wears around the oh, house. Boy. Oh, you have that's right. You you have you have insight into yeah into Mark's home life. Jimmy's seen the weird. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. Um. Was that directed at me? Like, do you want me to reply or like retort? Oh, you, oh, you, you could. No, no, but seriously, you need to, right? Like everything else, you, you asked the question a while back, like, why make CFP, right? At the time, it was really about networking, making connections. Filmmaking is as collaborative as an endeavor you could ever embark upon, right? If you try to go it alone, you could do it. I mean, we met some people who did amazing work. Even this past summer, we met uh, a young filmmaker who was doing claymation and it was remarkably Ben Doran. Yeah. Ben remarkably amazing. Like, yeah, I was like, wow, <laughs> I haven't seen something like this since I was a, a kid, you know, like a uh, Gumby stuff. Or and whatever. he did it all in two weeks. That was the biggest thing that blew my yeah. mind. If, like he, yeah. it, there were certain things about, well, yeah, there was the, uh, the rules that he had to incorporate that if he didn't incorporate those, we would rules, know it was a fraud. Yeah. I would think that this took him probably six months to make. Right. And the thing is like, that's an example where you could actually, you know, you could be a one person show, but for the most part, you know, you're not going to necessarily make your best work if, <laughs> if you try to go down that route. So networking is critical. Um, like for example, right. We just, there was a casting call this past week, right. A filmmaker, yep. filmmaker from, um, Originally from the Simpson area. At AFA, right? It was at AFA? Yeah. It okay. was, uh, guy's name is Tim Gare. He's uh, an old school CFP guy. He yeah, made he, uh, a couple films back in the day. Can't believe it's, it's wow. Yeah, probably back in like, what, 2005, maybe? 2004, 2005 time yeah. frame? 
And then he moved out to Las Vegas and then subsequently Los Angeles. That's where he lives now. And he's doing really well. He's got an IMDB page like a mile long. Um, so he, yeah, uh, that's going to be, yeah, the, the name of the film is Black Hole Sun. It's going to be shot up around Clark Summit, around here, Scranton. But how many people came out for the call? About 25, 30. And, and when was it? It was in on a middle of the week. Wait, wasn't it the day where the big storm was? Yeah. yeah middle, so middle of the week, right? The quote unquote big storm. Yeah, like yeah, a Wednesday afternoon when everybody's a scared, a, a scared, a scared. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, wait, oh wait, a scared. I can't believe Kids I said it. Scared, you did. and it's recorded. Oh my god! All right, you were a scared. Everybody was a scared of uh, the snow, <laughs> no, man. For yeah. purpose. Did you stay home and eat pisciati? Yes. Yes. Of course I did. And then they had to call the ambulance. Maybe my family <laughs> was the only one that said that. I don't uh, no, ambulance. You heard ambulance. And then I've heard he covered, he covered his leftovers in aluminum foil. <laughs> and then what? Aluminium foil. Aluminium. No, no, no. Aluminum. <laughs> he, okay, so he covered his food in alumina. HBO. He was watching Chevy. HBO. Yeah, H was big around here. Remember that? HBO is big in my family. almost still my big in my family. Him. She finally had enough when he was like, we got to go home. We got to watch H- HBO. My mom's like, it's H. H. Pello. Preparation H. Pello. Pello. How about like the T's up in like cousin? Oh yeah, yeah, that's big. Yeah. Husband, yeah, cousin. That's local. Go up, go up to the Ina with my cousin and go go shopping up there next. Okay, to so we might have the worst accent. I don't hear this. I don't. I don't really hear it's, this though. It's typically the older generation. Thankfully, the younger crowd is trying to be proper. We're more war. Phase it out. <laughs> you know the sweeper. More. I'm gonna run the sweeper. <laughs> The sweeper, yes, the sweeper. I'm still guilty of that. There, there's so many great ones. Like uh, if you're ever getting into a car, right? Ideally, it's a, it's not a sedan, it's a coupe, right? Right. You lean forward. You're trying to let them go in behind you. And what do you say? Like, what do you look back and you say, yin yet? <laughs> Come on. Do you not do that? Y-I-N-Y-E-T. Yin yet. It's the cousin of yin yet. But I don't, just, just so you. Do you know that he did Hainabonics? I do. That Jeff is, how many views does that have now? Well, I, I didn't know that was you. No, Jeff, no, 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 Jeff no, did. no. That was, I didn't, I did not shoot or edit. What I did was I was, I uh, authored a grant for a community film project, organized a series of short films. One of those short Can films. Can I say your producer? Uh, I well, call me the, uh, uh, <laughs> the president of CFP who launched the short film. <laughs> you were like a facilitator. I, I facilitated. Let's put it this way. Without I, you, would it have happened? No. And here's why. <laughs> and here's why. And this Good. is where, this is where me, you and Jerry will be fighting throughout the night at some okay. point. Uh, you know, I, like, I personally think Jerry is warming up. It's not going to be an internet fight though. So we have a chance, Marky. <laughs> It'll be a physical fist fight. I have no time to gather facts. I'm not sure. No, but like, I think, uh, right. Sometimes you, how do you, how do you engage all these people? How do you get people involved? How do you get the community, right? The first word in community film project is community. You need people, you need engagement. How do you get that? Sometimes you need to, you know, run events, even if you might say, oh yeah, a shorts event might be gimmicky or whatever. I, I, I would say, no, it's a chance to network. It's a chance to meet people, bring new people in under the tent. That's what you want to do. You want to get people under the tent, people coming in, people getting involved. Like Jeremy and I would not have met if community film project did not exist. Right. And we've done tons of great things together um, since then. So 
I mean, and there's dozens of other people, you know, that uh, I met through community film project and, you know, as the internet evolved, um, did the per- the initial purpose of community film project, you know, did it uh, become more obsolete? One could argue, yeah, there's, there's tons of ways to connect with other like-minded individuals or individuals with uh, complementary skill sets. Um, but to me, there's still, you know, there's still something about organizing like face to face. Yeah. I, I mean, let's take a look at what uh, some of the folks down in Allentown are doing right now. They're doing something. It's kind of like a, I kind of look at it, look at it in some ways. It's almost like a CFP version 2.0. It's, it's uh seems like it's a little more refined. They, um, they generally, uh, it seems like their end game is to do one project at a time and work it through the wickets. And, and Marky and I have had this conversation where, yeah, it seems like there's lots of filmmakers, but they all want to be directors, right. Or they all want to, you know, do one specific thing. Whereas well, that was, that's, I think I've had the conversation with both of you where, where I said, you know, it, it would be nice. Like, like, okay. So when you talk about, remember how you talked about elsewhere? Yeah. Okay. So what elsewhere has, and, and, and if you think about elsewhere, if you think about, you know, New York, LA, North Carolina, New Orleans, you know, but they have people in those towns and this is not a knock at anybody locally at all. Um, I love the fact that there's people around here who want to, you know, write their own stories, tell their own stories. I think that's, that's awesome. Um, but you need, I, I don't know if the right word is the worker bees. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and everybody, you know, and, and the way that, you know, I thought it should have been done is, is, you know, I said, you know, and I've mentioned to people, I'm like, yo, if you need like a, a boom or, you know, like I'll hold it or, you know, it doesn't have to be all about me. You know, I'm totally willing to, you know, throw ego away and, and go help, you know, as long as I have time and I have nothing else to do. Um, the thing about elsewhere in those other places is there's people who want to be grips. There's people who want to be electrics. There's people who want to gaff. There's people who want to just be like, Hey man, I just want to go get coffee. Yeah. Because they're trying to work their way up into the professional, <laughs> but it's not even, it's not even that like they're just doing it for the experience. Like if you want to be a rel, like for some of those people and you know, like I did that movie in October, like for some of those people, it's not, it's not about like, okay, I'm going to be a grip and that's what I'm going to be forever. It's like, I want to know how to grip, you know? Cause one of the biggest things, like when I went to film school is nobody taught you how to be PA, you know, they just, they were just like PA was the shit job. And we always gave PA to the what kid does in the that class, mean? production, production assistant. assistant. PA was the job that we gave to the kid in the class who didn't want to participate. So we're like, you're the PA, you sit by the door, make sure nobody walks in the stage. That was it. Um, when I moved to LA, that was a whole different story. PJ, uh, the PA is like the janitor from breakfast club, man. Like, <laughs> you know, we, we know where you keep, where you hide the bodies. We know where, cause we're involved in everything and we get to meet everybody, yeah. but nobody teaches you how to do that. And it's probably the most important job. Cause you're the one who does, who does sides. You're the one who goes to every department. Do they need anything? And, 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 you, and you sit and have conversations with these people. So it's not just like, you know, you're a piece of shit that they just like treat right. like crap. Like, you know, just like any well-oiled machine, it's, it's, you know, you're a gear just as important as everybody else. Cause it, you know, if one of the, if one of you fail, the machine breaks down, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the thing like around here, there's not people who are like, you know, and at least in my experience, there's not people who are like, you know, it's not like we have a pool of cinematographers to pull from. It's not like we have a pool of people who can, you know, I just want to run cable, man. Like, oh, right. you know, it's not like we have a pool of people who are going to, you know, who know how to run sound and, and want to be, you know, 
sound mixers or designers or engineers. You know, we don't, we don't have those at our disposal. So what happens is, is, you know, we end up helping each other in whatever capacity that we can. And if you have too many cooks, shit gets a little difficult, you know, but you got to know your role. And, you know, if I signed on to this, you know, even though I have my own place, you know, if I signed on to help you as a boom op, I'm the boom op. I don't tell you how to line up your shots. I don't tell you how to do, right. you know, cause it's your thing. I'm totally out of line if I do that. So do you feel, do you guys feel it would be more beneficial if, uh, when, when, uh, people who are interested in film and being filmmakers get together, if some of them were willing to switch those roles up a little bit more and willing to, wow, the lights just, yeah. uh, one of the lights dimmed. It blew out behind Rich. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought somebody, <laughs> well, now it matches photo. the other one. I was going to say that one. The other yeah. lights out. Okay. Uh, Jimmy's so, like Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> you can do They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> so spooky. Dirty pillows. <laughs> do you, do you feel like uh, that, that if people were willing to, uh, to switch those roles up and, and that sort of thing, that more films would get made or more things would get done? Well, yeah. Um, just in theory, uh, the thing is trying to, uh, let's see. How, how can I put it? I, I think put it in, like you're writing it on a message board. Uh, oh no, <laughs> it's going to be really long. It's going to be like 7 million words, but it will be well thought out and informative. <laughs> yes, it will. I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get offended and block you right now. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not a meme. At least. Um, <laughs> I would say it seems most people around here, they want to do the traditional, the director route. Everybody wants to be the director. You know, some people want to be actors too. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of it. I, I know it's not it, for the most part. It that is. was not the message board answer, Jer. <laughs> no, it's not, no, no, that, that but wasn't. it's the most, uh, that was the get me out of here answer. No, but uh, that's all that, uh, it's and the it's most that, condensed. And look, and look, there, 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 you know, there, there are people around here that are, um, doing their best to educate. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and, and me, myself, you know, I'm always game to be like, you know, oh, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Like, like uh, Kevin Fulgren. Right. Were you there when we had that conversation where he's like, oh, my audio is all screwed up. And I'm like, just do this, 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 and this, and you should be totally groovy. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not the person who's like, I'll, 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 it's not a secret. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Like everything that we do is something that you can look up on the internet. Right. You yep. know what I mean? So it's not like, you know, all I did was save you time. Yeah. It's not wizardry. It's yeah. It's just know how from experience right. or research. Right. And, and, and you have to fail. You have to do things. Poorly. You have to make mistakes. You have to, it's the only way you could do. You could do something right. A thousand times you do it wrong once you'll never forget it. Yeah. How did you guys get into this industry in particular? And what would you tell someone that wanted to be where you are to Run. do and not do <laughs> it, it in the industry, like uh film. Well, you're a multi-hyphenate. Mm. Yeah. Well, all right, let's get, you can come it. at it from, a, you can come at it from in front of and behind the camera. Yeah. I started out acting like 11 years ago, I think. Um, that's when I met Jeff around that time, all the community film project stuff. About four and a half years ago, that's when things were in a lull because a lot of the people who were making the films were having kids, moving away, just too busy anymore to do anything. 
So I growing up. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you want to look at that. Uh, yeah. So we're still dreamers and doers. We're yeah, 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 yeah. Dreamers and doers. Um, so I told Jeff, you know, I, I have always been interested in working behind the camera too, and writing and coming up with something, not just acting. Because uh, I acted and probably God, I don't know. I, I think there might be two projects that the CFP made that I wasn't acting in in some form. Uh, so we made a short film called Alley Pop and just something to see how we work together in a creative sense. And we figured it went well. So we just kept doing whatever we can, uh, making short films here and there. And then a couple of years ago, we were talking about, you know, maybe we should start doing uh, professional production to make some money. And here we are. And then you became my competition. Yep. And collaborator. I, I feel like I'm in a Trojan horse right now. I'm no, I'm dude. Like, that's the, but that's the thing, man. Like, you're not going to get any crap from me. You know, know what I mean? Like, I mean, even though I was here first, but <laughs> I mean, incorporated first. <laughs> you were here first. You were doing stuff. I remember you doing CFP stuff before I went to film school and I was really like, oh, man, I want to get involved with that. And then I was like, I'm moving because a girl broke my heart. Oh, <laughs> no. Is that what it was? Yeah, I just, that's what, that's what it was. Well, that was the impetus. That was the okay. thing that was like, you know, like all signs were leading in this direction. And finally, like the neon one went on. And that's why I went that way. I've always wanted to make films since I was a kid. You know, yeah. I remember, I remember, um, I remember the reason why I got into film. That's how young I was. I think I was five or six. And my HBO had the Saturday night movie. Right. That was the only place you could watch like R-rated Cinemax wasn't around then. It was just like, you had like 22 channels and HBO. Um, my mother watched... They had, it was a big Saturday night movie night. Relatives come over, whatever. And it was Revenge of the Nerds. Oh my God. And Revenge of the Nerds is an R rated film. And somebody dropped the F bomb. I repeated the F bomb. My mother sent me upstairs screaming. My mother's from West side. So when she screams, you, you know, and you realize the people from West side know what that means. Um, and it just, I, from that moment I was hooked. I'm like, how could something like this <laughs> ruin my entire night and make me, make me sad and cry. I mean, in hindsight, it was my mother, but you know, the thing that, the thing that set it off was me watching revenge of the nerds. And somebody said, and I didn't even make it to the part where they got like raunchy. Right. You know, cause it's like, we got Bush. Like I didn't even make didn't it, make it that far. I never even made it. Wait, I, how- didn't know, I didn't even know that scene existed in the movie till like 10 years ago. <laughs> I watched it again, but she, she was, she was the reason my mother was the reason and my mother. And you know what the thing about my mother is, is, is that, you know, like I, in public, I give her crap. I, I love her. She's the most honest person I've ever met in my life. She's the reason why I'm interested in film because we would stay up till, you know, when I was a kid, we'd stay up till as late as we could stay up just watching movies. And yeah. She I, introduced me to a lot of stuff. I was bit by it early too, even though I didn't get into it until later in life. And uh, one of the biggest contributors was comic books actually and i know rich could appreciate this but um rich rich might kiss you (laughs) when i read a comic book i couldn't help but every frame i would imagine it in my head as how it would look on screen so i was like six seven years old reading x-men and archie and whatnot but thinking of it as how i want to see your archie movie <laughs> I would. Wa- I want to see my Archie movie. I've seen X Men. I want to see your Archie movie. <laughs> yeah, so I 
I didn't realize at the time that I was really thinking in storyboard form. Uh, that was the only way that I knew how to read a comic. I couldn't just read a comic book and just take it for what was given to me in the art. I was like always translating, translating it over. To and that's, how it and that's, like. and that's the reason why the book is always better than the film yeah. because you've already seen the, the book in your mind. And when you go see it in a theater, you rent it or whatever. Yeah. You're because like, you're, oh, this sucks. Right. Not, not you're forced, but yeah. to the perspective of the maker of the film. Right. Um, so yeah, I, that's I, why I want to see your Archie movie. <laughs> well, let's get it funded. I'd say in a couple, a couple years, Jared you could Tobin's probably do Archie. that. Jared Tobin's <laughs> coming to the, this summer. Jared Tobin's I, I'm, Archie. I'm, I'm casting Lee Schaefer as Jughead. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll, it'll be, it'll be an updated Archie. That, that will, that will be, that will be the selling point. We'll just take that in like, look, and just going to throw it. I will do throw whatever the paper I can. Down on the desk. I will do whatever I can to raise money. To have Jer- to have Lee Schaefer be Jughead, oh, Jimmy. God. Do you want to start a nonprofit? Sure. Oh, Jimmy I, could I be Archie. Start a nonprofit for a while. We talked about that last week. For 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 Lee to be Jughead. even better. All right. Good. <laughs> That's not how this works, guys. I know, but we can dream. Let's make it. So. We're dream. We're filmmakers. We're dreamers. That's what we do. Tell that to the IRS. I'm not telling them anything. IRS. That's the smart podcast. <laughs> don't download this we want to start a nonprofit to make Lee shave her jughead that's not how this works I know it's not how it works but we're rolling with it okay fine so Jar Jar Binks isn't real either what they made him I don't know where I went with that come on <laughs> I, I really think though getting back to you know thanks for keeping us on track Jim. yeah what, I mean I was gonna ask the question again thank you yeah what uh I think what Rich <laughs> does that answer been- your question <laughs> Wait, I think we're still back like four or five questions. <laughs> we still haven't we Maybe. still haven't hit the finish line on those. All right, cool. No, but I would say um I think a, a model, you know, if I were to reimagine CFP now, right? <clears throat> some kind of model where you kind of see what's coming down the pipeline next, where it's like, you know, one hand washes the other. In this case, there's probably 20 hands in the in the sink washing each other. And you get to see the next subsequent. <laughs> okay, strange analogy, but we'll go with it. <laughs> but um, the whole idea You're is in Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> just just have, a, have like a fight like this. One of these fights, Jimmy. Oh. We need a we need a ding ding ding. <laughs> Lauren, door, just uh, just no more sound effects. effects. <laughs> yeah. <Just hit> him. <laughs> but I, sorry, I think, sorry, sorry. I think, like I think if look. you see if you start to see a roadmap of where you know where's your next project coming from, and you may be. You know, you might be on the first project, you know, as a director or producer, something, a relatively heavy burden to carry, you know, something that you're a little more, you're into, you're, you have more of your heart into it, perhaps more, you're more vested in it. You've, you've been with the project longer, but you know, just, it's, it's very relaxing to actually go on a film set and not have a, you know, a huge role in the crew to be helping. Like you feel you know, I, I feel like, Hey, I'm here to help. I'll bring what I want to it. I'll offer the director or producer, you know, some ideas or services. If they're not receptive, I'll say, okay, that's okay. But that's cool too. And, Cause, because it doesn't, the project doesn't fly or, or crash on your shoulders. Right. You offer your, right. you know, your experience, your perspective, and, and you do it in a, in a way where it's respectful. You don't make us, you know, you don't, you don't try to become the second director, you know, or the director while the director's in the middle of something. If you want to, so there's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, collaborating. There's nothing wrong with, you know, we, we've worked together and, you know, you guys have always been 
You know, it's never like, hey, you should do that. Like, it's always like pulled to the side. Like, what do you think about? And I'm like, oh, all right. You yeah. know, cause, because it never, because no one ever, no one should ever see those conversations no, happening. They shouldn't. You know what I mean? And, and most, most projects, right? I mean, really think about it. How much planning, not nearly <laughs> enough planning goes into I would most, love to prep. <laughs> right. I mean, right. I mean, most people will struggle to find the time to actually do the project. Yeah. But to really put the planning effort into a lot of the projects is, you know, it, it, it brings it up a multi, you know, multiple folds of, of effort. And I think a lot of times you are just trying to coordinate people who are either volunteering their services or, you know, might be at some distance away with, right. with uh, you know, different schedules. So it does become a challenge to plan. So, I mean, one of the challenges I like is having to kind of think on your feet and the, and there's something organic about that where, you know, you'll be planning certain things in your head and then reality happens, right? Just like, you know, you're, you're writing a script, you might create an outline, you start writing the script and the character kind of, you know, starts to develop life, yeah. yeah, and starts to organically move in directions that you may not have foreseen a week, two weeks ago, maybe three paragraphs ago, th- you know, three pages ago prior in the script. And then you get into the actual onset. You know, we, we f- uh, shot a film with, you know, one of our favorites, uh, Bob Sweeney, right? I love Sweeney Bob. We, we, we showed up. We got to get him on here. Oh, we have to get him. Oh. We, he was making a film uh, called, a night on the moon, right? Yeah. He had never been in this location before. He was shooting like a throwback, uh, silent film. What was the name of that? Do you remember that? We, we talked about this. Yeah. Did we talk about this? A night on the moon. It's where the, the rocket lands in the, it's like, yeah, ba- basically it's the Lumiere brothers. It, yes. It's like yeah. the most romantic story you can imagine. I'm at Lauren. Imagine this now. Close your eyes. Imagine. Okay. <laughs> Who's touching you. Imagine. Okay. Imagine a, a guy takes you, on a first day to the moon, what could be more romantic than that? Right. I mean, it's, it's, fa- it's, it's, it's fantastical, fantasy. It's, it's, but it's still, it's simple. How and much it, oxygen do I have? Oh, oh you have just enough. Oh, you asked. The- <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a fantasy. It, None. It, you need zero oxygen. Yeah. You don't need it. It's all, it's dream. It's very dreamlike, you. right? It's like what dreams may come. But we walked, You're right. We walked- <laughs> You're asking Lauren to shut her brain off. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretend you're I, watching a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> <laughs> you just got the stink eye. Oh my God. <laughs> That's not the first won't be the last. So we walked into the location, the location. Is this, is this what the one that was on the comb dumps? That yep. was part of it. Yes. Uh, there was a, a like a so, red, red ash dump in the Dixon city area, which right. doubled as the moon in black and white. And with right. a lot of post production work, um, right. but there were the interiors, right? He wanted to shoot it. Uh, actually at first he was going to shoot it on a stage in a little theater down in the, is it Durier? area yeah there's a little uh it turns out this little theater in the duria area is that still open yeah okay what's it called uh it should still be the phoenix okay phoenix performing arts center okay well anyway that place right i guess i had never been in there where i had any more permission than to you know see what was in the theater area itself but we were there you know maybe an hour before the the main cast was going to get there and we started wandering around walked up a couple flight you know a couple flights of stairs and before we knew it we were like, wow, this is like an abandoned, it was a, a furniture place. Like a, you would sell furniture in this place and there were multiple floors and like, like a gallery where you would have, you know, like a sofa and everything set up there, but they had like, all the walls were like painted black and there was, it, it was this, you could not have created this set with, you know, many, many hundreds of thousands of dollars and we just stumbled into it. So, I mean, that's an example where going into it, he was thinking, he was blocking everything in his mind as right. if it was like, 
going to be shot on a, a stage of a, of a theater. And it turned out we went walking through this area and, and there were now he had so much more opportunity for movement and just oddity. Like, the, cause I mean, really it was about kind of the oddity of this, the moon inhabitants of the moon. They had these like gas masks on. It was, it was kind of, <laughs> see his films, his films yes. should be called from the mind of yeah, they're, they're, they're Bob beautiful. Sweeney. They're very unique, beautiful films. I, I remember the first, when Community Film Project was first starting up, right? Now, one thing you have to know about Bob is Bob will, uh, Bob kind of sounds like Batman. Yes, he does. Yeah, he talks like this. You know, he talk, <laughs> he's got the Batman thing I around. got some great new cameras, man. So he, uh, so There's I got. no film for them, but <laughs> I have them. Before I ever heard, uh, heard Bob's voice, like he would only, you know, correspond in like these little, little email tidbits, you know, like little one-line emails. And uh, he's like, like in the email now, now when I read the emails back in my it's mind, in his, it's, in his, it's voice. in his voice. So it's like, <laughs> I've got this film. It's one minute long. It's titled the Turkish Cobra. Right. And then, <laughs> and I'm, and then like I reply and I'm like, I'm like, Oh great. Oh, drop it off. Here's my address. And then like 10 minutes later I get an email. It's like, it's in your mailbox. <laughs> and then, and you I still wa- haven't met him. At this point, no, I haven't met him. <laughs> and then I, I put it in and it was, it was like, whoa, like what? <laughs> I had no idea what happened. My life changed. Like my life was a straight line up until that point. Right. And then it just took a right hand turn. And if anyone wants to watch the Turkish Cobra, he, I, I'm pretty sure. Is that, uh, is that, is that Boond? Boond? Yes, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Bob, I'm pretty sure I remember him seeing, posting something on Instagram saying he uploaded all of his old content to his Vimeo channel. Mm. So it's so good. You got to watch it. It's so bizarre. Is it RLS video? No, I think it just, go, um, it might be his personal one. So it might just be Bob Sweeney. We can link it up. Yeah. I'll, yeah. We'll do it. Rich will do it. You, you put the link. <laughs> I'll, I'll, pu- I'll put it in there later. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Passive aggressive Jesus. <laughs> I got this. I'll carry it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what kinds of, uh, you know, since we're, we're on this subject, uh, what kinds of films do you, do you guys make and what kinds of films do you see other filmmakers making in the area? Is it majority of, uh, is it dramas, comedies? Uh, what, what's, what, what, what are people making in Northeast PA? Jeff's run the gamut from in genre. I think I, I know. I, I mean, I mainly seem to gravitate towards comedy. I think there's, I think there's a big drama in me someday, but <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's Bob a Sweeney story. It's yeah. It's, it's very <laughs> big biopic. Yeah. But even that will end up being a dark comedy. It'll be a very dark comedy. It'll be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think well, if Michael Mann passes on the Bob Sweeney story, Bob Sweeney story, I'll, I'll, I'll take my shot at directing it. But um, no, I mean, for me, I seem to be drawn to like absurd comedy. Uh, anything that, you know, woven into them are usually um, elements of some social criticism and, uh, you know, just kind of poking fun at the uh, absurdity of, of our everyday life. Um, and, and just, you know, like, um, an example would be, um, you know, most recently we did uh selfie nation over the summer, right? Jerry, what was that? June, maybe may somewhere in there. Yeah. I think the probably middle of July, July, somewhere in there. Yeah. Maybe we're in, are we good? No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Cause I, cause I think it was June. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, okay. it was June because that's when the film fest was because- On June 21st was the film fest. Yeah, okay. Oh my God, yep. Lauren, you're so good. <laughs> oh my God. I remember because I couldn't go because it was my birthday. 
Oh my god. Well that okay. Keep going. You were talking, wasn't it? And, and yeah, was and you and uh that won the film festival, right? Yeah, it did. Yep. And it was not fixed. It was the audience vote. We did not pay the audience, promise you. <laughs> Even though we were pretty much, you know, me and well uh Kyle and Kevin were running the film festival. Do you do you see that like locally like anything that anybody's doing is usually it seems to like dwell I see like a lot of horror. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And I think I think horror too, too much. I think it's but I think that's a delicate genre. You know what I mean? Like I think you really got to know what you're doing to do that. Like, you know, like I think I think that's that I think I think you tackle the horror after you do like a lot of failure otherwhere other other places. Like for like that's just me. Like if somebody if you know, I don't think I could tackle that genre. I also don't think I could do comedy. Yeah, because I think not only do you have to have like all all your narrative. Well, it's all about basics. suspense and atmosphere yeah. and tone and right. You know, then those you are hard things to maintain and establish. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think that it's probably a more advanced spot to go to, and people would probably be better off starting off with a comedy or a drama before you start thinking about, okay, the filmmaking basics and the narrative basics, and then trying to wind in that suspense and the scares and whatnot. Cause that's a whole nother beast. So yeah, I, I agree. I haven't seen Babadook yet. Have you never heard of it? William Friedkin called it the scariest movie he's ever seen. And he directed the exorcist. All right. It just came out on iTunes and it was directed by a female and I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I might watch it tonight or tomorrow just to get it out there. I want people to watch it. Okay. See what they think. Okay. I wrote it down. <laughs> Babadook. The trailer's horrifying. You know how I, I feel. I think that's why you see a lot of uh, low-budget horror comedy, because I think that's easier to do on a small budget uh, with a bunch of your friends uh, than it is to to do something that's actually legitimately scary. Because I think it's it's hard to, to just scare people in general nowadays. I mean, they've seen everything. Well, yeah. every movie, it's the stinger. It's the... Like the bird flies out and you're just like, oh, and you're like, that wasn't scary. Yeah, right. jump scares. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think. Um, and then gratuitous gore. I, that's why I stopped watching Saw. I'm I, like, oh, my God. Like, this is just like. I never watched And there's the nothing film. and there's nothing like gore for gore's sake is, is I think it's I think it's pointless. It needs to have relevance. You know what I mean? Yes. Like Hellraiser. The first time I ever saw Hellraiser, that, I was, I was shooting bricks. Yeah, right. Actual bricks. In the annals of the cinema of the grotesque, and we've talked about this, something that is gory, that doesn't have a reason for it to be gory, has no purpose whatsoever. No, I stopped watching Saw Saw 3 was like, the opening 10 minutes was like an autopsy. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I walked out, I was was living in LA. I was at the Universal City. It was like a good theater. There's a lot of people. And I'm like, F this. Yeah, well, I'm the, out of here. The I'm going to go is, watch Paddington. <laughs> but the thing is that there's a market for that. There's there people is. out there that really, they just, who knows what's going on up there. But you can't, but if uh, you look, <laughs> if you look at the truly like what everybody considers like the great suspense horror movies of all time, like there's none of that. Mm. Right. Even the ones that have the gore, the gore is subversive. It's not just the gore. Yeah, it's, it's not the a idea. focal point. It's the right. idea behind what the gore is. It's the fact that it is, it's sure. in Hellraiser. It is the, it is the, it's horrifying. The yeah. human and inclination no, no towards suffering. Oh, really? That's, that's what's subversive. Yeah, there's about the, it. like Clive, but like there's deep meaning to like 
all of Clive Barker's stuff, but I mean, like it was, it was justified. Like there was a reason for it. Hellraiser two still scares the hell out of me. Even more than one Hellraiser two is just horrifying. Hmm. Um, what about Chucky? But how about that? Like that, the first one, you know, it's like, holy shit. And then, but then it, 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 it leads to like the bizarre. Jumping on a grenade. Yeah. Well, that, I, I think that's why they went, uh, you know, you, you see the first one and it's, it's, you know, legitimately scary. And as they moved through the series, it became more satire mm-hmm. and parody and making fun of itself and that sort of thing. Because that's too, easy to do. Yeah. It's, thing, it's much harder to replicate what you did. And the, well, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, like it, I, I think maybe the direction that they went in was, was able to sustain the franchise through right. those other films. Cause it wasn't like, no, we're going to do something totally different. You know, it's, it's like, Hey, we're going to keep all the same characters and just go to the absurd. You know what I mean? Let's right. just, let's, let's, let's take horror and just have fun with it. You know, in a, in a, in a really, really messed up way, <laughs> you know, what, what films, uh, what types of films do you think are going to come back? Like, I mean, me personally, Come I would back. Like, I would love to see like a you know John Hughes like eighties teen renaissance. Like, I think we're due for that, and I, and that's the kind of that sort of film. I think you know it's something that you could actually you know you could watch with your parents without squirming too much. They've already been through. <laughs> they've already been through well, the eighties. I, I mean, I mean the way the the way we're at now is. I mean, if you just think about fifteen twenty years ago, I mean, what was what was acceptable. Like we're now in a place where like, you know, you watch primetime television and, and, and it's like saw three. Right. But we still can't see a booby. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're like, we're, I'm watching TV shows where it's on like basic cable and I'm like, this is, this is pretty intense. And that's for me. Right. Um, I think the Sony hacked emails give a lot of insight into uh, <laughs> where everything's at right now. And I think, um, and the interesting thing about the Sony hacked emails is, Oh, Judd Apatow, Related it to uh, the fappening. <laughs> he said it's, it's, he's like the Sony hacked emails are just as bad as like leaking celebrity nude photos. Pretty much. Which I, I don't agree with at all. I, I think in, well, you're, look, it's someone's private parts. Let's say a Jennifer Lawrence boobies. Okay. It's not it, equivalent it, to what Aaron Sorkin's doing. Well, it's still people's privacy. But the, but now and we're talking I don't about a level of severity. I, just like just like hot sauce has a level of hot. Okay, well, I'll I'll just say this though. I don't think that the media was in the right to disseminate what the hackers stole. It might be a story, it might be newsworthy, but you're still complicit in helping a group break laws. You're spreading someone's private info. You ready for me to go real deep on this? Edward Snowden. He had a duty. To do what he did and you might laugh but he is a patriot and he had a he had a but right isn't isn't it almost what this, he did but how but how is how is it okay in one circumstance and not okay because in a, in a, in a circumstance of the guys who who are making snowden was snowden was doing it out spider-man of, out of uh let's see you have the government breaking laws he's trying to bring that to light okay so you agree Sony's trying was, to release the interview <laughs> yeah or then you have hackers uh, who the hackers are it's probably north korea. yeah i was just gonna say it's yeah. north korea so you have north korea dollars to donuts it's north korea yeah so do you think you know which one do you think snowden's like on equal terms with the reasons for the hackers well i mean it, well i mean 
if we're going to get really deep on this, it, it boils down to their feeling on it. Well, yeah, think, think about this, right? Imagine if you flip the script on it, right? And, you know, North Korea was making uh, a film about assassinating United States president, right? Would, would probably the, hack the shit out of them. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how would, how would our country react? I mean, think about the, you know, the different polar extremes we are just when we're talking about a, a typical political issue. Imagine, you know, you'd probably have people on some of the fringes of, of the political spectrum who, who the heck knows what they would do. Right. I mean, right. So and I mean, can, they can incite people to do right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the power of film. They may not be smart enough to hack anything, but, <laughs> but you know, they might be, who knows, but that's a good point to flip it. Like if they did do that, right. You know what I mean? Like, we should, we should remember, make- remember Uwe Boll? Oh yeah. God, do we have to? Okay, but, but, but here's but okay, but here's but here's the thing about like what he did. Like, so he did this movie called Postal. Yeah, which was I still haven't seen it, but from the things I can gather, it 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 really poked fun a lot at terrorism and nine eleven, and you know, it was, if if anything that you know, especially that movie, he can be accused of is like bad taste, wrong time. Sure, you know what I mean. Um, I don't even know if in fifty years it'll be well. Spielberg did 1941. So I don't know if in 50 years it'll be okay for him to make a film like that, but like, you know, it, it, there was a lot of people around here, you know, in America who were incensed. And this guy's a German filmmaker that's, that's making movies so he can get the tax breaks and just make money for like that, that like that's all a big scheme. Like his, his filmmaking yeah. career, it was a scheme that's to make a- money <laughs> and he's openly admitted it. He's like, you know, we make more money when we do the, you know, right. And he open, openly claims he's a genius too. Is that how he actually sounds? He's Probably. a German guy. He's amazing. <laughs> His interviews, he, he tried to fist fight Michael Bay, which I thought was funny. He, he also uh, literally beats up his critics and yes, claims I, that that makes him a better filmmaker. Oh, that, that's, the, the, that's the most it do, fun. It does, it does not. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, the guy know how to promote himself because he's like, did, I'm right? going to fight four of my critics who like, these are the guys who are like- In a ring. He's, yeah. he's like- Ed Wood looks like Spielberg compared to this guy. Like this is what these critics are saying. <laughs> wow. And then he, he challenged them to like, I'll, I'll take four of you on. Like, was it in the, in the same, ring. In oh, the yeah. same evening? Like, a- Oh yeah. He went one, two, three, four beat all, but he's, he's a trained fighter. He's actually a boxer. Oh, like okay. he can actually knock I mean, you he, out with one punch sure. kind of boxer. Yeah. And if you don't so, like his film, he's going to punch you in the face. Right. So he, he punched one of these guys in the face and basically knocked them clean out. And it was like, well, that still doesn't make you a better filmmaker. No, 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 it you doesn't. Know, like, it it does doesn't not at all. <laughs> Yui Bull, correct me if I'm wrong, is responsible for the worst movie ever made, uh, House. Uh, oh, House of House the, the Dead. Dead. Yeah. House of the Dead, yeah. yes. The mm-hmm. worst film I've ever seen. Well, doesn't yeah. it cut into a video game in the midst of the it movie? It does, but yes. even when it's not in the video game, it'll it'll go from one shot to the other where one the girl, the main character girl, is wearing oh, you've, one you've shot, watched all one this. one color shirt and then she's wearing a different color shirt and then the gun switches hands he made a drinking game and lauren you need you need to watch more of my movies you, you have, <laughs> <laughs> i got some movies that could beat this guy <laughs> but you had to make the bad ones right. you've got you have to you have to step it up and make the bad one but you know what like, I, I really don't think come on it, the magic it, the magic nut and the night of a thousand ninjas it's, it's not horrible there was it's Someone could watch it and be like, oh, this movie's bad, but... If you're stoned, maybe. It's... <laughs> none, none of your films are, okay, are I, I've never been able They're, to watch it. We're going to have a screening. Stoned. Okay. It was just that bad. Like, they, they might look on the surface like, oh, the, these looks these look bad. Maybe if you watch for like five seconds because it's, you know, older technology and, you know... 
but for a tree frame and whatnot. But I mean, it, the stories I think were, which is always the main thing that should carry a film, I think were, you know, made for decent films. Jimmy should play some uh, romantic, thoughtful love music. You're not Jimmy to do special effects. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's, yeah. Jimmy's, ever since he couldn't get the drag, well, how many dragons did we go through? Like 12? At least. A lot of dragons. I was wondering if, um, you know, I mean, th- if you think about the, right, essentially the interview is really what? It's a, it's a satire, yeah. uh, right? So, I mean, the one thing culturally, right, comedy doesn't really translate well, right? Culturally, Acro- no, Across no, cultures, no, 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 no. so... Like, I mean, these are the same, uh, you know, people in various countries think the onion is the same as a legitimate news source. People right? in the United States, especially Northeast Pennsylvania, believe the onion is a legitimate news source. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I see the post and I'm like, oh, it's more, I, you, more legitimate than Fox News. Maybe. There you go. That actually, yeah, because the, well, the I, things, I don't know. I don't know if it's more legitimate, but it it, it maintains more credibility. Yeah. Well, yeah. the things <laughs> the things on the Onion could happen. They might be yeah. in an alternate universe, right? But they could happen. Whereas, yeah. Well, let's. That's neither here. Nor but I think that's a great point. I think I think comedy culturally, there, there you can't break down a barrier there. Yeah, horror. You can action. You can horror works. Action works regardless. Right. I mean, yeah. you, you could hit the mute button and they could work for you. Right. But when Harry met Sally really, really isn't going to do well in Pakistan. Yeah, probably not. You know what I mean? And that's nothing against Pakistan. It's, it's just, you know, yep. we don't get, you know, I don't understand Bollywood movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, but there's a couple billion people that really enjoy them. Oh yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't get it. That's just me. And I'm not a horror guy. And I'm, and I'm, and I think I'm not a horror guy because I frighten you. You scared the hell out of me. (laughs) The grudge. I haven't seen it yet. The grudge. And I was in a theater. I was in a theater full of the packed. It was packed. Cause that was when like the ring and all that. And like, everybody was like J horror. Like that's what they wanted. I'm in the grudge and every stinger that movie used, I jumped (laughs) and no one else did. And I'm like, is it just because like, I think the exorcist is a brilliant, executed movie right and it scares the hell out of you because it goes to your inner soul you know what i mean the grudge is just like you know oh there's another girl coming out of the tub right you know and that's just that's but that's what all that was and everybody jumped on it like everybody was like you know the ring came out and then yeah i don't like that i especially don't like it i'm gonna tell you something stop doing it oh my god i thought that was jimmy for a second stop doing it stop doing it I'm hoping you'll. Mark does it. that when he sleeps with his teeth. <laughs> Do I really? So he's like chatterbox. Are you shitting me? No, I don't. I'm just oh, okay. Um, oh God, she's really. <laughs> oh my God, she's getting in character. <laughs> this is scary. I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> I'm afraid of the girl in that movie. Did you guys go up to Tomorrow? the? Uh, what's the uh, place up there? Dra- not Dracula's Forest. The other one, um, Reaper's uh, Revenge. Revenge. Yeah. I did not know. Should check that out. It's December next year, Jeff. Well, you'll get you'll get you'll get him next year, Marky. You'll come back strong in 2015. You fell on your. Tell us your story about falling on your. Oh yeah, face I, at, at I went real quick. Yeah, real quick. I went up to uh, Reaper's Revenge, and I was there with my cousin, a couple of her. Uh, oh, you were there with your cousin? Cousin, couple friends. Yeah, and we were walking through uh, like this. There was a. It's very clown. There's clown centric. If you're not into the clown thing, you know. Uh, I don't understand people who are totally terrified of clowns. Yeah, me neither. Like there was a there was a clown girl who was trying to lock me up, and I was like, 
hey, I'm single. Let's, <laughs> I can hang out here. Yeah. I brought well, my own zip ties. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> I was good to go. She was cute. But, uh, in clown makeup? Well, Jeff, what's wrong with you? Anyway, you're but, weird. It got weird, didn't it? <laughs> but uh, I'm single. You're dressed like a clown. Let's go. <laughs> well, it was October. That's like one notch down from a furry convention. Right. <laughs> So I was walking through the, there was like a fun house, right? And, you know, the, um, the walls were painted, the ceilings were painted, you know, all the converging lines going off and distracting, in, like into it's infinity. Your mind. Yeah. Right. It's just going off into infinity. The wall is actually getting lower and lower, you know, just over a, a long run. Right. It's, it's just, you know, an inch every couple of feet. So eventually you find yourself like leaning forward, like just trying to not have your head scrape the ceiling. And, you know, there's other distractions. There's, there's stage fog, there's lights flashing, there's, you know, there's your feet are walking over weird things. So your senses are on overload. Right. I literally just walked face first right into, (laughs) into a mirror that was making me think the room was so much, or actually it wasn't, I'm sorry, not a mirror. I would have saved myself. Wouldn't you be hitting yourself? (laughs) No, I guess it was what it was. You're now a funny cat video. It was, it was a (laughs) mat. It was a matte painting, like old school matte painting, which could. Oh, se- cool. Okay. <laughs> which yeah, could, yeah, yeah. it could segue us into practical effects versus CGI. There yeah. you go. You uh, Wiley Coyote'd. Yes. I'm, I was into the practical effects and I, I was a sucker for it. I, <laughs> I bit it. How hard I, did you hit it? Well, I, I was probably like, you know, just gauge yourself. Think about walking on a treadmill. I'm guessing I was probably going about. A three, so probably probably about a three. Like we we were in kind Did of the clown girl laugh at you. She didn't see me <laughs> at that moment. Rudest shot looked like a goofball. Yeah, too much even for the clown. Yeah, that she, guy she, doesn't understand optical no, illusions. But, <laughs> so so yeah, like face first, and then I was. Was the, there a thud? The person I was walking with, right? The girl did, I was walking oh, with. Did the you two of us? The two it? of us went face first, and we both went back. <laughs> Totally and smashed our backs and back of our head off. I had a really? sore neck the next day. Yes. <laughs> but I, I highly recommend it though. Go check it out. And on that one, you know. Yeah. I'm going to do it in a jazzy. Just wear one of those little <laughs> boxing head rings. I don't think they allow that. Well, they, they have they're, to handicap accessible. There, there's so many of those just in Northeast PA alone uh, of, of those uh, haunted hay rides and haunted houses and all that kind of stuff. So is, is horror really big with audiences here? I mean, what, what genres do audiences want to see here? I mean, do you guys I think have it might insight happen. in that? I think it might happen. I think, I think somebody locally might be a breakout somewhere. That's what I think. In my heart of hearts, that's what I want to happen. I hope, yeah. I, I, also in my heart of hearts, I hope it's me. But <laughs> if it's not, I'm totally cool with anybody else because this place needs to be on the map, man. There's a lot of talent around here. And then you can answer the question. <laughs> Sorry. I, hmm. Well, if it you, seems like horror. Yeah, if you go by what seems like people, the go-to. Yeah, see, if you go by what people are making, you would think, well, if they're making it, then maybe it's because there's a market. But it, most people do just seem to be pumping out horror. Like there's been those laughter films. Um, Matt Moyer did that within, or I'm not sure how to if if it's two words or one word. Not sure. Um, God. How many horror films do you think have been? Yeah, How many horror films did, did did you get submissions for over the summer? Oh, that's there you go. Yeah, there there were quite a few. I mean, we actually do you, we think, had, do you think more than any other genre, you guys got that, you know, or, or at least an, at least a, a a surprising. I tell you what, I was shocked at the number of experimental films we got. <laughs> I thought we had a lot of experimental films, more much many more than I ever thought we would have gotten. Mm. I don't know what you thought about that, Jerry, but I, I but we did. I thought we got quite a bit of horror. Um. 
I, I'm just off the top of my head. I just want to say that it was probably even between horror and drama. There wasn't a ton of comedy. No, I was. Really? I was a lot of dramas. I was mm-hmm. surprised there were not many comedies. No, th- mean, these are international, not local. Well, there this were. Yeah, the but you guys did a right? film festival in Scranton and got international. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we had films, missions. films from Europe, Middle East. Uh, you know, a couple places throughout the country. Uh, where else did we have South America? I don't know. You didn't expect that, though. No. no. Somebody hit a good chat board, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you guys uh, got a good turnout, too. Yeah. It was a standing room only. Wow. So, yeah. Connor and you guys won. won. And we won. Unrigged. <laughs> Unrigged. <laughs> Still up for debate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, back to the, the question, though. I, I don't know I what people really want to see. I'm just going by, hey, if what's produced is usually a measure of what people want to see because then you would think well there's a market for what you're making so it would make sense to do that i would say yeah horror you got to strike while the iron's hot or otherwise you're going to become a needle in a stack of needles <laughs> yeah um but i don't know well i was gonna say nobody makes an independent we'll, action movie like why isn't <laughs> that like it's always like in the bedroom I think because they figure they're, you know, you got your explosions, you got to have your explosions in your car chase, then you have to shut down roads and there's just probably too much production. I'd be more impressed with the person who's like, hey, we had a half a million dollar budget and we just did this awesome action movie. Yeah. If you could somehow. You know, like, that would be more impressive grand. to me than like, oh, hey, I did this indie drama. It's it's so hard to make that look cool, though, because action movies are cool. Like it, 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 it hinges on cool scenes and cool looking people doing cool looking things, which is really hard to do on like no budget because you you have to have, you know, good choreography to actually make a fight look realistic. You have to have good sound effects. Uh, You got to have insurance. Yeah. Insurance. (laughs) Uh, I think for half a million, you can do it. Yeah. I think so too. Let's even less. I think even less you can do it. If you get, if you get, if you get, yeah. I don't know why nobody does that. Like that's what I, in a perfect world, that's what I would do. Like all I want is boom and cool. I think it's because no one's writing action scripts. Let's really. do it. I don't think so. anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows how, like, how do you write? Cause usually like I listen to those, uh, uh, Jeff Goldsmith podcasts all the time. He always has like big writers on and every, like he's, he's fascinating. But when, when he, when he talks, you know, when he talks to writers, especially writers of like action, he's, you know, he says like, how do you write action? And like, you know, most of them are just like, I write car chase and then it's up to the director to do it because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do you know 12 pages of exposition on yeah. you know like can you imagine the script for bullet if that's what they did oh my god oh, yeah. yeah you know what i mean so they they kind of leave it up to to them to figure out and you know i don't think that that that's such a bad idea it's i mean it's exciting to uh think about action and think about like you know creating those energetic shots why and, can't we do it can we make a commitment yeah at least the three of us Let's pick up four or five of us, seven of us. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Everyone, everyone listening. (laughs) My grandparents, your grandparents. Uh, Hey, I am up for it. Let's launch it. Let's launch an action film. If there's a drive there. I think people, I think somebody would shit. We got I mean, it. on the set I, I, <laughs> <laughs> because we have no porta potties. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. There was no porta defecation removal in the budget. (laughs) That was very important. Then you must have me there because I'm like set mama. I'm like, I will bring wet wipes. I have cookies and extra socks and toilet paper or whatever you need. Just like go and come to the mom bag. Yeah. Boiled eggs. You brought boiled eggs for when we were shooting. I did. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Like I brought everybody breakfast. Little handkerchiefs. Yep. And I never got that when I was shooting. We were, that's because well, we weren't shooting in the middle of the woods. 
our action movie is going to take place in the middle of the woods. One then we'll scene, get it. Just so Lauren can bring us eggs. <laughs> I will bring you eggs. <laughs> Hard boiled eggs. Hard boiled eggs and handkerchiefs. So what are we going to, what are we going to call this film? Do we have a title? I think the, I think the apropos title for right now is untitled. <laughs> untitled action movie. Untitled action movie. Get it on IMDb right now. <laughs> all, the, all the good action movies coming out are all foreign films. I think. Well, they're directed yeah. by foreign, foreign, uh, foreign directors. Yeah, well, yeah, because like they, who's what's the name of the? They see what they're doing there, and they want to bring it here. Yeah, there's this French company. What is it? Uh, Canal. Canal Plus. Canal Plus. Yeah, Plus? I think they're doing a lot of them. Like they do all the yeah. takens. They do like right. like Liam Neeson's whole career now is based off of French filmmaking. I will find right. you. you know, what? I think well, I think Luke, our Luke Besson's a big part of that. I, I love Luke Besson. I do too. I do too. I'm a huge <laughs> Patriot. The or, or the Professional is one of my favorite films. Or mine too. Or, or Leon. Yeah, the uh, the director's cut is one of my favorite films, yep. and the Fifth Element is obviously you know for obvious reasons I like that film. It's not the it's, film where I'm like, oh my god, it's Star Wars, but it's the film where it's like if it's on, I will watch Lilu Dallas. Yep, Dallas. super underrated, Multipass. absolutely. But he's but if you if you remember that movie, that was that movie cost if I remember correctly, it was a nine a sixty or a ninety million dollar movie, and he the germ of the idea of that film was something that he had when he was like seven years old. And that's when he finally got the chance to do it. Like he had to prove himself. He did what into the blue. And then I think right after that, he did Leon. Mm. And then right after that, because that was the movie that broke Natalie Portman and like, right. Gary, and everybody was like, everybody knew everyone. who Gary Oldman was, but it was yep. one of the movies where it was like, wow, this guy can eat the scenery. Yep. Um, and then he went and did the fifth element. I don't think there was a film in between, which apparently he and was not a fan of. Who's yeah. not a fan of yeah, Gary Oldman. Of the Fifth Element, yeah, oh, after, come on. yeah, well, he was Zorg. He's been he's been on this tirade lately where he's just doing a series of interviews. And where, he's totally honest, and he's bombing everything. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> t- shit talking everyone and saying things that he has to apologize for. And that I Gary think Col- that's the Gary one I demand Oldman the apology for. Has nothing all, to apologize all Zorg oldies for. but Goldies. He has nothing to apologize for. I Gary agree. Oldman, mm-hmm. I'd watch him read the back of the cereal box. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good. Yeah. And then the other one is, uh, did you see what Michael Keaton said? I think it was yesterday, the yes, day before. I saw that. What do you think about Ben Affleck as the new Batman? He goes, I really don't think about it because I'm Batman. Oh my Ooh. God. <laughs> Burn. Per- per- like perfect it. answer. Because because uh, they, they had asked uh, Christian Bale about it and he said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a little jealous. You know, it's kind of weird to see somebody else in the bat suit now, whatever. Because they didn't really ask him to come back per se. Like, I think he knew he was done. You know, they were done with the trilogy and they were going to move on, but they didn't officially really talk to him about it, according to him. So it was funny to hear Michael Keaton just shoot that right out there. I thought that was great. And I'm so happy his career has a resurgence right now. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to see like the movies that he's done before Birdman in the last few years. Like I really, I could care less, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you an interesting story. You want to hear an interesting story about Michael Keaton? Yeah. Um, I went to visit LA before I moved to LA. And one of my friends knew Michael Keaton's son and Michael Keaton's son was in a band and we went to go see them play. And there was not a lot of people there, but Michael Keaton was, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but it was oh, really, man. it was really nice to be that close to yeah. Swain. So, and his son's like six foot seven. I, and he's like five foot four. I, w- I was just at a New York comic con in October and him and Edward Norton were there promoting oh, that must uh, awesome. Birdman. And it was, yeah, it was great to see them talk and go back and forth about it. And they talked a lot about, you know, doing, uh, doing comic book movies versus doing, you know, an independent film that, 
uh, or at least a film that feels like an independent film right. that's more uh you know more cerebral and not as you know focused on on the action and stuff like that because i i think i think keaton had the good experience and norton had the bad creative experience with uh with hulk um, yeah which you know it, i it depends on which party you want to look at there because you know i didn't it, mind his hulk I, I I liked it a lot actually, but uh, and you know, I kind of respect what Angley was doing. Well, Mar I don't at all. Marvel <laughs> Marvel had a great. I'd say I liked it. Oh yeah, I'll, I I have very strong opinions uh, when it comes to comic books and comic book movies. Uh, the uh, you, you may uh, now Marvel. I'm, just, I'm, Marvel. I'm so Marvel. I'm so angry about Angley. Now. <laughs> uh, Mar- Marvel was was said that he was very difficult to work with, and Ed Norton said they were very difficult to work with. So you know, I don't know what ever. I think Edward Norton. There, I think Edward but. Norton is just a very. Um, I don't think opinionated is the word. I think I think confident in what he wants to do. I I think he had a very set idea of what he wanted to do with the character. He likes to rewrite stuff too. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you know Marvel kind of had this this long term plan with their movies and stuff, and and you know I don't think yeah I don't I don't, I don't even think well. they'll they they say that's part of Phase One, but I think that they they discount it. Yeah, they well they they didn't necessarily write it out because they include it in the box set and everything right. else. But they they haven't followed up on any of it because it was it, it's funny you mentioned it because I was just watching it on TV the other day and uh, and I was thinking that I'm like there's so many plots here that they started that they'll never follow up right. on because they moved on with Mark Ruffalo playing the role now and uh, and they're 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 not doing a Hulk movie for the next how many years so we probably never are going to see some of those characters ever again, you know, which is, we will sad. see them <laughs> in our low budget action movie. Speaking, <laughs> we will do copyright infringement and we will take speaking, them. Speaking of, of low budget action movies. Did, did you, I sent you this link a while ago. I don't know if you saw it. Cause I don't think you commented on, it. I think I sent it to you on Facebook. This guy making a movie called hardcore. Did you see, did you watch that? Did you watch the video? Have you guys seen this? Nope. No. Okay. Look, look it up. It's, uh, the, this guy is making a, the, the first, first person action film where, mm-hmm. you know, you have first person yep. action, you know, games sure. with where you see the gun in front of yep, yep. Uh, the person and everything. It's, it's a whole film shot that way. The just, I, and I know, I know it seems, it seems doom. gimmicky. It sucked in doom. Didn't it, it suck was in terrible, doom? But doom, Th- was that was not. the only part of doom that was any good was just that scene alone. I know, but like, it can't like, like no. just let it be shitty. But the, I, I really, I really dug this, this guy's trailer <laughs> be, and he started out by doing, uh, these viral videos. Uh, I think one of them was a music video. Wait, is he the one who did like, where, like, like it first was like person. The, it was like in the. It started off in like the office building. Yes, and then it ends up like and girls they, that was trans, they transport to different places and right. stuff, and they're fighting. And it it was basically like this, that was a great video. Yeah, yeah, well, it was like this. What the scene like? It was kind of what the scene in Thor two was going for. It was trying to be that, but this was so much better on like no budget at all. What was like the scene, scene in Thor two the where they're they're fight they're fighting each other? The uh, Thor and the main villain are fighting each other, and they're kind of falling through different oh dimensions, dimensions and things oh, yeah, like yeah. that. This this was this was done on on a small budget and it was so much better and just the way it was shot. So now imagine that guy doing a whole film like that with that kind of creativity. It's it looks. I mean, he's trying to crowdfund it, which I'm I'm sure will be successful because it looks awesome. But I'm, I'm telling you, look that up. I think that is going to be like the big that that's going to be the next. Big I, thing. See, I don't. I, I, you guys, you know, Jer's strongly opinionated about everything. Um, I think it works for like three and a half minutes 
And then after that, you're just like, I, I and, just, but I also think somebody's already done it. Hmm. I think somewhere along the way, somebody did like a POV movie. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I can't, I, oh, I've, I've seen me, a few of them. There, there was just, there was just a, a horror movie actually with Elijah Wood. It oh, was, it was uh, Maniac. Yeah. It was a remake of But then uh, Maniac. like every now and then, like they would cut out of it. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah it was really like sometimes like it, it like 80% yeah. of the movies first, right. maybe even 85 is first person. And then every yep. now and then they cut out of it. Right. For some reason. Yeah. And I'm not saying necessarily that's, you know, that's that awesome. everyone's going to be doing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They're, everybody's not going to be doing that per se, but I think you're going to, I, I, I think there's, there's too many action films that it's just the same cliche. Like I've been disappointed by, I don't know if you guys have by the expendable stuff. Right. Because I thought. All of these years with, uh, and I'm, I'm a big Stallone fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. So to see, I would, I would think after doing so many cliche action films over the years that he probably would have learned all of the things to do, do and not to do. Do you think he knows right? that they're cliche? He, yeah, they're his movies. Do you think he's like? I, I remember, did, remember Cobra. That was cliche. It, <laughs> you think Stallone says it's, that? It's almost, it's almost like he was trying to make the movies for other people. It felt like. You know, it didn't feel like, like, like the paycheck or yeah. Well, you know, I liked what he did with Rambo four. I thought Rambo four was pretty badass. Okay. Wait, can I, okay. Another quick story. So I'm at the arc light in LA, right. Uh-huh. And we're, and it was literally like 1115 and we're like, it, it was like, it was like a Thursday night. We had nothing to do. I didn't have work the next day and neither did my roommates. And we're like, Oh, let's just go see Rambo. It's probably going to suck, but yeah, let's go. So we go to the arc light and it's in the dome, the midnight screening it's a it's a big theater. That's where they do their premieres at. Like when you see like a big Hollywood premiere, it's at the Arclight, the Dome. And there's maybe us and like 12 other people there. And one of the other people was Brian Posehn. <laughs> That's awesome. So everybody's walking in, like the other 11 people were walking in going, metal. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know. Ugh. Right? So we, wa- we sit down and we watch Rambo. And like, it's a quick movie. It's only like 87 minutes or something like that, Rambo. But do you remember the part where he's up on top of the truck and he's got the big gun and he's like, that's the best part. And he's going, bup, 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 best bup. part. And then the truck, and then he turns and he, tr- he looks behind him and this truck full of troops mm-hmm. comes. And in my head, I remember going, oh, Rambo's in for some trouble. He better get off that gun and like, you know, do something. And he turns around with the gun and goes, ah, and just mows down the entire truck. And all you see is body parts and Flying. blood. And it yep. was the only time in a movie theater where I actually went out loud. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. It was the only, cause it's so unexpected. Cause he turns around and he's it, like, he's like down the hill. And then he turns around and just goes, and all you see is like, it's like the opening scene of Save on Private Ryan. Wait, what kind of gun For was For no this? reason. Oh, well, it was like it's, a 50 It's a turret gun. So it's a turret gun. It's a, it's a mounted like gun. Did somebody, but he's shooting people at point blank range. But did he have somebody feeding more cartridges? More oh, it's, the, like, oh, it's it was, just, it was, it's oh, it was like a 300-foot like feed that he just had. Like, oh, yeah, because yeah. it's in the truck. Right. So he's in the right. truck. All so those, he's, the ammo is inside yeah. the truck. Do not think about the logistics of this, Lauren. It's a fucking Rambo movie. Right. Like how about they never run out of bullets in action movies, especially Sylvester Stallone movies. He turned. You, you've never you've never seen the new Rambo. No. Oh my god! I never don't saw even Rambo. Talk. Forget the first ones. It. Don't watch the first three. Watch this one. <laughs> the 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 first ones are one person dies in the first one. The second one like four hundred die. And then the third one, I think it's all the Afghanistan people die. <laughs> the entire then, country of Afghanistan. Right. And this is, and like, it's, you know what? It's almost like Fievel goes West. It's like Rambo goes East. Like, cause now he's like in the Philippines. <laughs> he's gone through Russia, China, 
And now he's in the Philippines. What is he doing in the Philippines? He's living off the land. He's got like a riverboat. Like it makes no sense. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden he's like, he's like, he's like Kane from Kung Fu. He's living in like the Philippines <laughs> and like this Bible group or something like we lost some of our people. And then he's like, I'll help you. And then they just go up the river. And from there on, it's like, it's like people just getting mowed the <laughs> fuck over. For, for like the movie's 87 minutes. So maybe 82 of those minutes is just people dying. So where did this turret come, come from? It's at the end of the movie. Like he he helps everybody like escape. Like the There's, chick from Dexter's in it, Julie Benz. Yep. There's a whole bunch of gorillas oh that have taken over this area. And so he's using their own weapons. Oh, I can't. Okay. Oh my God. That it's is actually amazing. a legitimate premise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Watch it. It'll blow your mind. I'm not sure that it will. It's but the I, only, I swear to God, you'll be in your home. And you're going to scream out loud, oh my God, when that moment happens. I highly doubt it. <laughs> I've seen some messed up shit. That was the only movie where I went, oh my God. In the, like, that's how loud I said it in the theater. And my roommate, who sounds just like Ray Romano, looked at me and he went, oh, like just lost. It. <laughs> yeah, he guffaws when he laughs. His name's Josh. I love him to death. Well, just, he went, <laughs> just yeah, bro, no. Just listening to Mark tell these these stories, I really want to bring back uh, radio teleplays yes. and just do those here mm. in the studio. Oh my god, let's do it! Let's, yeah, let's do that'll be our fucking yes. action movie. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. We don't why need do to we shit need, it. Why do we need visuals? <laughs> why do filmmakers need visuals? We don't need those. We'll Jimmy's just, we'll just get a guy. foley table. Jimmy will get the soundboard. We'll just yeah. we'll you know yeah. we'll, we'll um, have the script. We'll write it out and we'll be like insert car crash here. We'll crowdsource it. We'll make all the yeah. we'll make the audio Can't and we'll let it out of that crash alive. Man. I will bring an uncooked Jesus pig. Must love you <laughs> to to actually make the sounds of the of the the punching and the cracking boom. Nah, we'll just get back on Pirate Bay and we'll download sound libraries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you beatbox it. You'll just do but all. We can foley yeah. it. No. No, yes. it's just all. With we mouth. don't have a budget, Lauren. Remember the show Dog on Nickelodeon? Dog? Dog? Yes. Yeah, every sound in that show was done by a voice. A voice. Even the doorbells, every single sound. <laughs> we got to make. We have yeah. to. You know, but everybody's tried to do like that genre, yeah. like the cliched. Like what, what's, what Stallone was trying to do with the Expendables. Like there was a lot of films that tried to like mimic that. Right. And they could never do it right. You know what the best way to get good acting in your film, I think is to cast someone who speaks a different language. <laughs> Have you ever seen a foreign film where you don't understand the language where you're like, man, that's a bad actor. My girlfriend's they're, Russian. When they're we watch those they're movies, amazing. Goes, that's not what he said. And I'm like, but the subtitle says that's not what he said. I right, remember, wait, what was, wait, what was the, what was the, um, Oh my God. What was the, Oh, the Kurt Russell. Remember the Kurt Russell movie where they hijack the airplane and Steven Seagal gets killed in the first like 15 minutes. Executive decision. Yes. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. The, I was, my friend in high school was dating a guy. His, no, his, his mom was dating a guy. I forget what language they use in that movie. The terrorists, but we watched the movie and throughout the whole time in the theater, he's like, that's, they're saying this. They're saying that they're saying this. That's right. not even the right. That's not the same sentence that he said. Like he was, he was very like pissed off about it. Right. And, and I'm like, it's Kurt Russell in the bottom of a plane, you know, who cares? Yeah. Who gives a <laughs> shit? Like he could literally be up there speaking pig Latin and they're like, hide the nuclear weapon. And I'm BG like, I'm okay Wall with was that. In that movie. 
And and he committed. Yes, he was. He was one of the SEAL guys. And, and John got, Leguizamo. And and he had to. He, John was Leguizamo he the one who broke to, his neck? He, he yes, because he was boarded up in the. Yes, in the up, he was the upper, one who was supposed yeah. to defuse the bomb. Yeah, right. and, and he had to Kurt do Russell's it with a little down. mirror. No, no, no. Then they did it. He did it with the mirror, and then and then who? Somebody was chewing on one of those cocktail it was, straws. It was, I think and it was that was the thing that saved. Oh no, no, it was. What? Oh my god! All these movies are so good. Do you remember Day, Daybreak? The, the passion of filmmakers. Daybreak yes, yes. was awesome. Viggo Mortensen dies in the first 15 minutes of that movie. Yes, he does. And he was Aragorn. And on a side note, he talks a lot of shit about Lord of the Rings. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. Viggo Mortensen did not have a good experience doing that. So then why did he come back? He didn't. Oh, that's right. His character he is did, in... He, he did the... His, his character is, is in the original of, is trilogy one, is one of the few that doesn't it's Aragorn. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't come You're back right. and he just talks shit about it now in interviews. I just read an article today where wow. they're like, wow, Vigo really didn't have a good time. And then somebody gave him an opportunity to like recant. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, <laughs> wow. but he has the tattoo. That's, but that's about the experience. It's not about the film. No. <laughs> I'm sorry for getting cross with you there on that one. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Oh, poor Lauren. Oh my God. Now I want to go watch Daybreak in the last 15 minutes of Rambo. You're not going to sleep right, for we'll, we'll be a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. Like that's why, you know, and that's the thing like around here, like, you know, and it's, and it's, and, it, and I'm not like trying to call anybody out, but like around here, like, like who does like, who's, who's like, I want to make an action movie in should, Northeast PA. Let's do it. Person. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's do it. I wanna, Rich, I wanna, I wanna yeah, but now, yeah, but now there is because I brought it up. And I, I want to be a, in it. I have I a fervor. Like, I have a fire in my belly to do this. I, I'm, I've been, I'm trying to inspire. Even if I'm the guy with the, the bad German accent that gets you killed. Need, you need okay to be the that. kidnapper. Okay. That's how the movie opens. All right. Oh, Rich is the kidnapper. But there's got to be like some sort of comic booky name. <laughs> like we won't even name you in the movie, but in the, well, in the, in the, in the credits, it'll be yeah. like. It's a it's an action comic film. killer. So if I'm picturing the villain, the villain always has to be like an over, uh, you know, s- s- an over exaggerated character and monologues. So if I'm like a, if I'm a comic book guy, then like I'm I'm sickly obsessed with comic books and I'm I'm looking to recreate one in my mind. Like some I'm, I'm looking to recreate some some sick scene from it or something like that. So I have to kidnap girls to you know, do something terrible to them and, and that you know, fits recreate in, the scene. And that and, fits in perfect with the classic eighties movie, the hard way with James Woods and Michael J. Fox. Ah, okay. Where the killer's name was the party crasher. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael J. Fox played an actor who wanted to get method. And he followed around James Woods's cop who he hated it. He's like, <laughs> come on, chief. And he's like, he will follow you around. He will, he will mimic your moves. He will do what you do. Cause that was like the cliche. It's like the best movie to look at for eighties cliches is last action hero. Yeah, of course. Everything in there is like, this is spot on for everything. And it was all tongue in cheek. And it was like, that movie's totally underrated, man. Yes, That's one of the great SBD. (laughs) You know, you know, tar sticks to some people. (laughs) Nobody remember that? Nope. He falls in the tar pits with Leo LaFat or whatever his name was. And then he gets out and he uses like, he uses like two Kleenex and he's got all the tar off of him. <laughs> and the guy looks at him and he goes, you know, the kid, he goes, you know, tar sticks to some people. Yeah. I, I barely remember that film. I know I saw Shane it, Black but... wrote it. Shane Black's brilliant. Whoever that is. He, he wrote Lethal Weapon. <laughs> uh, kiss, the, kiss, bang, bang, bang. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. The long kiss. Good night. Just did Iron Man three. Oh, okay. Um, he wrote, he wrote Predator. 
Oh, oh my God. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just he was also in Predator. Summer. He's the guy who tells or the jokes. Fall. Do you think the Jesse the Body gun was the inspiration for the Rambo gun that you saw? Where Remember the scene in, in Predator when, what happened? Oh, what's his name? His name's uh, Clark Duke. Or not a Clark Duke, uh, but his last name's Duke. The bald guy. Right. Who has the the, the razor that he just pushes on his face and right. snaps do, for do, no reason. Doesn't Jesse the Body dies, right? And Jesse, yeah, the body's gone. It's like a helicopter he gun. He picks it's it up. A Gatling this gun. Gatling gun. The guy picks it up. He just starts cutting the forest down. Yeah, but Remember watch that? that movie again. Cause he goes like, so he picks it up and just starts mowing uh, it down. Making but the then noise. all the other special forces guys kind of like run over and they all make the face of like, well, if he's doing it, we should do it. And they all, and they all start shooting into the things. And then they're like, he's like, and Schwarzenegger's like, stop. <laughs> And then he's like, what was it? <laughs> they all just like blindly fired into this. Yeah. Half their ammo. Yep. Oh my God. That was awesome. Yeah. They declared war on the forest. Yeah. The and jungle, you watch the it, jungle. It's like this big wide shot and everything falls and they, but none of them know why they just did what they did. No. Except the one guy. Yeah. He saw it. Yeah. Except. And then later Billy saw it. And his arm gets shot off. Yep. Yeah. That's that. Oh, I got it in 3d man. It's so much better in 3d. <laughs> Predator in 3D is just brilliant. I hope they bring John McTiernan back since he got out of jail. <laughs> so, do you, sorry, one real quick. Do you remember the original concept for Predator? Do you ever see it? What was it? Look it up on YouTube. Jean-Claude Van Damme played the original concept. It was oh. like this weird like creature that just like ran and had like this beak for a face. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's on, it's on, it's on, it's on YouTube. Howard, the did time. they actually shoot any of that? They did. They started shooting with it and it, Jean-Claude Van Damme's in like this red jumpsuit because they didn't have like CG back then or anything. So it was this red jumpsuit that they were going to um, like key out. Okay. And the creature was just like, it looked like uh, something from Tremors 2. <laughs> like that's how bad the the thing looked. And the story goes that Stan Winston was on a plane back from New York to LA with James Cameron. And James Cameron said, you know what, man? I've always wanted to see a creature with mandibles for a face. Ooh. And that's where the predator came from. Cause they got through it. They, they made it like two weeks and they're like, this sucks. It was going to be a really bad movie. And then they got real smart. Yes. Mandibles. Fortunately. <laughs> so uh, what projects are you guys actually working on now? I know uh, Jerry, you mentioned uh, one of them. Uh, which one? God. Um, the one that just had a casting. It. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll touch on that. Well, he bit. forgets real quick. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm a, I'm a bit scatterbrained. <laughs> oh, am I <laughs> really news to me? Yeah. Um, to well, eat today. well, actually Jeff and I are working on that one. We're going to be uh, associate producers or maybe more. It depends. It's still being fleshed out as to what our duties are going to be, but you said uh, duty. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop poking me there. I hate getting poked there. So uh, the sides are, are a real point of contention with me. Um, Everywhere else is good. I'll do the hee hee, but not the huh. Just punch him right in the balls. Just do it. You're right there. Go for it. Nothing there. <laughs> Nothing there. Just, oh, what's, what's your term for it? Just, uh, uh, all potatoes, no meat. Right. I did not say that, but <laughs> yeah. thank you. Jeff. Oh my God. You've said it before. I have never said that. Okay. I'd all cop right. to it. I've never said it. <laughs> okay. That sounds like a Leeism. Uh, I actually, I think Lee. Yeah. Has to, we're just going to give it to Lee. Yeah. Lee a- it. Attribute right. it to Lee. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Schaefer said that. Anyway, the film is <laughs> called. Potato. Uh, Black Hole Sun, it's going to be one of those uh, found, fitted, found footage type films. Uh, half and half, I believe, is uh, what I've been told. Um, it's 
short film that centers around a woman trying to protect her family. It's a short film? It's not a feature? No. I thought it was a feature. All right, my bad. No. Um, it's... It, How many pages? Um, Roughly. I don't know. I, from what I remember, unless I'm wrong, it's going to be like about 40 minutes or so. Wow, that's long. So, yeah, not, not quite a feature. But um, it's a, about a girl. We follow a girl who is trying don't to give away everything. I know. All right. Uh, just a synopsis. Um, Back of the book. Or tagline. Uh, end of the world woman is trying to lead her family to safety. And it's found footage. Um, that sounds cool. Yeah. From what I know, and I, I've seen the press packet, um, it's his ideas are really good. And I, like I said, I have earlier way back in the beginning of the show, I have total faith in him because he's uh, got so much real world experience now working on films. Uh, like if you look at his IMDb credits, he's done that does not, so much stuff. Just so you know, but I got crap for not having IMDb I, credits. And I'm like, I tried no, to put them on there and I got denied. I, so. know, I know that IMDb really got denied because it seems like anyone could get an IMDb credit nowadays. I tried to put, I worked on heroes. I tried to put all my son's stuff on. I, it wouldn't let me. Okay. Well, he's, I mean, his credits actually, his credits actually do mean something because he's oh, actually you. working. <laughs> that, no, that's not, not what I meant. You're not what I meant. Nozzle. Not what wow. I meant. I, I, what you were getting we're at. physical. If, if you guys no. fight, fight, keep it yeah. in the middle of the what, room. What Mark was getting at is all because, because he's on IMDb, it doesn't mean anything. So what I'm trying to say up. is. Tim's IMDb credits do mean something as opposed to the people that Mark was talking about who oftentimes it doesn't mean anything. So that's what I'm, I'm getting at. Well, I'm just, I'm uh, just, you know, I don't think you're going to win. You're this trying to, no, you just can't I, I'm, look. I'm not saying that, you know, there's people out there that don't have credits that, you know, that deserve are not them, like you totally. are not, yeah. you know, deficient. Right. But you know, it, I'm not saying I'm amazing. I'm just saying like, I can't get my credits on there, which that's, basically that's what I was saying. Shitty. I, I totally yeah. agree. Um, but so I have trust in his work. The director of photographer, the uh, director of photography. Yeah. Photography. Photographer. Sorry. Yes. Just go uh, cinematographer. You can't get wrong. The DP. Let's just go with that. Love it. So he's got some good work. He's been uh, doing a lot of indie films and music videos for like, I think uh, six years or so from what I remember reading. Um, so it should be good. Uh, I, <laughs> That, that's all I could say about it. It should be. It uh, shouldn't be shitty. It shouldn't be. Let's see. When do you guys start shooting? January 10th or so. Oh my T- God. Is this all outdoor? Tim. Not all. I mean, and, but is there, is there a bit? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Is there? That's brutal. And he, he already January, said, wow. And uh, yeah, he already said that it's, we're shooting no matter what, if there's inclement weather, it's in the script. So be it. It is what it is. So he is making sure that the people who are signing up and who are going to be cast are cool with that. So yeah, that that's how it's gonna it's gonna roll. So whether oh well, big deal. Um, and by the way, we might need your um, house. Maybe we're talking about that for a, for a scene. Maybe your garage too. Makes any PC exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, sounds um, fun. Everyone show up at Jeff's house. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Party at Jeff's. Let's see. And wow, you couldn't be any less excited about <laughs> <Yay>. this. <laughs> and what I'm else? I'm going to rage your garage. It, there's nothing <laughs> good in your it. Cheetos. There's a lot of. All right. It's all, it's all good. We'll, 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 we'll make this work. Uh, I'm excited. That, that, it, it sounds really cool. Yeah. Except, it, except, you know, most people think that films just appear. 
So I, it, it concerns me to be like, oh, we're out in the winter, uh, the, freezing you know, our asses off. The tough thing, too, I think, for on the audience side of it is that um, you hear about a lot of people making this stuff, um, but it's difficult for them to see it. You know, they, they don't it, because, first of all, the, the filmmakers, once they finish it, they got to send it off to, you know, the uh, the festivals and things like that. So they can't really release it to the public. Yeah. I mean, they can they can sh- maybe show it or something like that, yeah. depending on what the rules of the festivals are. But, um, you know, it's tough for them to, to get it anywhere. So it was nice when you guys had the, the film festival to be able to sit down and actually watch some of those. Uh, you know, do, do you see more of that stuff being, uh, being done? Can, that, uh, can more people put stuff like that on? Do you mean more things being made to actually show to begin with? Yeah, well, just uh, you know, venues where people can actually just sit down and watch these movies, or at least you know find them. Because a lot of times, too, you know, sometimes uh, like I'll, I've I've done stories on movies, and uh, and then two or three years later, they finally put it out on DVD or something like that yeah. on a small little thing that you've never heard of. And no one's ever going to see it that way, you know. And then the the movie's forgotten about after that, you know. So is is that? I think that's kind of a lot of people jump the gun on the press when they start doing it. They're like, "Hey, we're in production." Oh yeah, and and like Mm. and like so so there's like this this the swell peak, yeah. And all of a sudden, like it just bottoms out, and it's like, man, there was it was all money shot, no foreplay. One of my biggest beefs now that you brought that up is, uh, in recent. NEPA indie film history. It seems like <laughs> let, let's let's go with that. Uh, let's um, go with that chapter. <clears throat> what chapter is that, Jer? It, I hope it's chapter twelve or thirteen. We'll see how much content we have. I hope it's not chapter one. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of press and build up for films that end up being pretty bad, and that does a lot to and has does done a lot uh, to hurt how people perceive film being made around here. Um, I, I don't think Servino helped. No, no. Um, <laughs> Great example. So um, uh, you there's know, that with the press, at least. Like a, mm, mm, go on. You, I just might, I, for, I, the, for those who don't know. I might have a maybe, plan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the, what you guys are talking the, uh, about. Uh, Paul Servino, who, you know, was... Uh, at least somewhat of a name uh, charmed our uh, very garlic and Goodfellas. Very, That's all he did. yeah, <laughs> ch- ch- charmed our uh, very corrupt commissioners into giving him a bunch of county commissioners money. at the time. Yes, yes, who are now lawfully jailed. Right, <laughs> uh, a lot of money. I don't want to. I don't want to make, toss a, make an independent crap. film that took many many years to come out. And uh, by that point, when they when it finally did, it was it never came uh, out. It was abysmal. Uh, well, it it's, it did come out in festivals. Because no, it did there one. Were, it did one festival, right? And they just wouldn't put it out. They wouldn't release it. No, and I and I think um, for my for my two cents, <laughs> I'll give you the change later. <laughs> um, that movie was partially or totally funded um i don't think it's any news i'm not breaking any news that it was five hundred thousand dollars that was given to him from the county um with no no strings it was yeah it was basically like here's 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 two not blank checks go with god we have no idea how we're gonna get this money back um and he sold he sold a bill of good like this 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 just really sorry this just really pisses me off um he he guaranteed them a return on investment, which is illegal. You can't 
guarantee it's an investment. You have no idea what's going to happen unless yep, it's gambling. Basically. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's all wall street is. It's legalized gambling. Sure. Um, and they, they, there's, there was two checks. I found them online. They were $2.5 million a piece. Wow. Or not 2.5, uh, 250,000. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> my zeros, my decimal points <laughs> in my mind are insane. Um, but it made a film, uh, anybody who's curious, there's eight minutes of it on Vimeo in two parts or 13 minutes, maybe mm. it's atrocious. And my big gripe with it is at the end of the day, when you look at it, the taxpayers and the people of Lackawanna County each gave about $4 to that movie <laughs> to fund it. Sure. And they haven't seen anything yet. These are people who, who you know, money's tight. <laughs> we want our four bucks back. What? Or at least just let me see what my $4 paid for. You know what I mean? Yeah. How about the, uh, the kid from uh, the, I want my $2 kid. Do you oh, remember that John kid? Cusack yes. movies? Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Better off dead. Better off. Oh yep. uh, well, no, not better off dead. Uh, the other one was it. Better off dead. It was. Yeah, I think it was better off dead. But okay. I mean, you want your, after you John want Cusack. your four dollars. You went after John Cusack. <laughs> it was two dollars, wasn't it? Yeah, but you want your four dollars. See, the thing yeah. is, it's twice the amount of money what that kid went for, and after John Cusack for that entire film, and then he ended up skiing off a ledge. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, you know, the, inflation. The K nine, I think. Right. Right. The um. So I, I have a I have a real. Look, at the end of the day, it's no secret that it's a shitty film. It's no secret that like everyone has like, you know, a, totally agreed that it's a piece of shit. Release it. Get right. it out there. Right. And beyond that, right? I You'll mean, make money. Trust me. There's going to be curious people around here. who are going to pay for that movie, even if it's on iTunes or, you know, a DVD or something like they should gonna just, make some money back. Just have a free screening. Just have a big free public screening that people oh, could show up and see no. where their tax money went. <laughs> I was about to make a joke, but there will be riots. <laughs> they should play. Will, it will be like, it will be like them raiding, you know, Dr. Frankenstein's castle. What they should do is uh, at all the local, you know, when they have the beer tents up at all the local church picnics, they should just project it on like an inflatable oh, there you go. screen. It's too, and it's let, too, let it be like a ro- <laughs> I'll show you the 13 minutes. Yeah. It's I, I've too seen, weird. It's too R rated. Yeah, but it's, it, it's, it's odd, right? It's so. Do we have a beer garden we can show it at? I wouldn't even do that. Doesn't it's like, doesn't Paul Servino cross dress in it too? Yes. Yeah, I thought it's well. Yeah, it's just out, what the trailer leads you to believe that that happens, and it and it leads you to believe that there's some sort of um, torrid affair with him in the. I'm assuming underage boy next door. Oh. What? Meanwhile, his daughter Callie is going through some heavy duty stuff. And the wife is having a nervous breakdown. Hence the, uh, the title, title right? the trouble with Kelly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's that. That's a serious black eye on filmmaking in this area. I think, and I think, and I think the sting isn't going away. And I think somebody needs to do something that's positive and successful and well planned out and without asking any money from anyone in political power, except for, you know, help you know just support it don't what, pay us any money you know what do you think it would take to make a i mean it's a it's a tough question but what, what do you really think it would take to make a legitimate you know netflix worthy film you know netflix so, worthy like i mean netflix worthy did you did, is that from somewhere or did you just toss that out that's how, from my head from how many my lauren calculations 
eighteen thousand dollars. Eighteen grand. It's it, no. I think I think to make. It's always better to have more money. On, it depends on what you're trying to do right. with how many people sure. and what equipment. Though. I mean, of course, if, yeah, if, that's if why you, it's a. In my, you know, um, mm, probably a hundred grand. That's probably more fair. Probably a hundred grand, yeah, hundred, hundred, hundred and fifty. Just to be, you don't want people to work for, you know, back end deals. You know, well, we'll catch you on the flip side. No, you won't. Right, that'll never work. You pay them up front. Um, even if it's, and it's not, you know, there's so much non-union stuff going on out here or not out here, but just in the world, you yep. know, you just, you get your insurance, you get your payroll, you do all that stuff. And, you know, insurance is important. I know Lauren, that's why I have it. Um, yeah, probably. And then you got to pay, um, probably, yeah, probably if you want some good SAG people, cause SAG and after are now together. Yep. All right. So you know, and if you go with the SAG ultra low budgets, you pay them each a hundred dollars a day. You feed them at the end of the day. At the end of the day, when you look at the breakdown of a film, when you look at like the budget and stuff, a lot of it goes to, you know, payroll. Sure. And food, F- payroll and food. <laughs> yep. You know, armies travel on their stomach. So if you can feed them well, they will kind of give you a little break on the money and you give them a good experience. Yes. Cause at the end of the day, you know, if you didn't make a ton of money, you want to have a good experience and you want to know that you had at the least crab cake sandwiches for lunch. <laughs> you, you don't know. want, you don't want to end up with a Vigo Mortensen. I love Vigo. I'm fine <laughs> with Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> you know, I'm okay with it. So, so, uh, so shall we wrap it up then? Yeah, man. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for coming and sharing your insights to the film industry and NEPA. When you guys get into principal or at least, Maybe into post, we should have you back on. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, forty pages—that's going to be a week or two. It's a two-week shoot. Is it okay? Yeah. Um, but Tim, I told Tim that when he comes in, if he has time, come to the podcast. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Because yeah, we—I'm sure. Hopefully, we're blowing up. I'm sure we could do much more uh, just on film-related topics alone. Even though we were—this seems like I was here for probably like three hours. How long did this run? Two. Two? Okay. And I'm sure we could keep going for another 10. Yes. So yep. <laughs> part two eventually, maybe next month. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> the, th- the thought like hits my mind and then it goes out and then like hits the back of my throat and then like goes away because it's like, don't say that. <laughs> all right, okay. back. I, got, I have a filter sometimes. It works. So, all right. Really? Shut up, Lauren. <laughs> that was supposed to be filtered. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it. <laughs> you annoy me. I didn't mean to say it. <laughs> Nobody else is laughing, which makes it make me feel really weird. <laughs> uh, check, check these guys out online too. You guys have your own company as well. Oh yeah. Uh, Big Idea Photo and Video Productions. That's the name of the, the company. And um, we do you know videography just like Mark, but we, we also team up often. So it's, it's all good. No animosity. It's... A uh, great working relationship. Maybe not on your end. <laughs> Plain nice, boys. I, I'm, done. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Um, I love you two guys. I, I love you two guys immensely, man. There's nothing. I, I don't have anything but good things to say. Except for Jeff and his crotch shots. But Wait, crotch <laughs> What? Where? Was I missing something? Oh. The wedding where Jeff hit the deck and... Oh, oh come on. Oh. Oh. I'm like, Jeff, get off the floor. That's... In my defense, I'm just trying to utilize just the trying equipment to get the I have. Shot. 
Right. You're Bro, right. I, no, it I, looked, I don't. It looked good. Does it? I mean, it was you, just it was guys... just there a while, and we know from a distance we were like, "Ooh, it's gonna." You know what though? Way. I think it's kind of like. Uh, Sweet I think, Bob would have enjoyed it. No, but you know what? It's it, Rich. I know you're a Star Wars fan. It's kind of like the cave on Dagobah, right? You watch a filmmaker working, right? You're and, speaking my language now, right? So it's really what you bring into the cave is, you know, your perspective on it. For me, it was, Hey, I was on the floor getting a camera angle. Everybody else who's watching me, whatever they have bring, whatever they bring to their perception of me. Filming. I totally bet Midler that I'm like from a distance. Yeah. It looks like he's working for TMZ. <laughs> but I, at the same time, then like, I looked at the stuff and I'm like, it actually looks really good, but right. Right. And that's the it. thing. It's all, yeah, it's all. Uh, I'm hoping P- I, I, at the end of the day, it's going to be people are, w- w- <laughs> I don't know how to rationalize or justify this, but at the end of the day, it's going to be like, those crash shots were worth it. <laughs> That's what I think. When they see, be. when they, when the people who are there see the video. They're they going to be, the like, oh, be like, that's why he was doing that. You know, because, what? because from a distance, you filmmakers look insane. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, you know and, that's, I mean? and that's yeah. okay. I have no. I just don't, I just go. I just yeah, do. I mean, there's, that's what you there's do. shots you do that you it. see people do and you're like, oh, what? Why? And yes. then when you get, and you see it and you're like, oh, that's why. Yep. That makes total sense. I'm the, not looking through the lens. You look, you know, someone right. looks like a psychopath. And it just so happens you juxtapose that with someone who probably dressed inappropriately. And you that, kinda, might, that might've happened. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. That might've happened. So I didn't dress anyone that morning other than myself. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> for the for the best crotch shots, check out Jeff. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, no, for the cinematic, in good taste. <laughs> no, it was, it, and it was honestly like it was, it was, it was almost like you know, oh my god, what's the best way? It was okay. Here's here's the way it is. There's a meteor shower, right? right. You walked outside. You looked up. Right. With your camera, it just so happened that the meteor shower went by. You didn't plan the meteor shower. You didn't tell the meteor shower to show up there, but it happened. Right. And it was a spectacle. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, never mind. It's an inside joke that hopefully everyone will get <laughs> at the end of the day. I enjoyed talking about it with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I have the memories to be able to reflect. Yeah. Some people don't, but oh, well. <laughs> So that's that. Well, thank you for listening, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.